Welcome back to another episode of Organic with OG Adriana, a podcast that explores the intersection of authenticity, mindful consumption, and radical motherfucking healing. I am your girl, your host, Adriana, aka OG Adriana, if you're nasty. And y'all, I am back. Um, apologize for the hiatus last week. Um, now a lot of things were going on. Um, I was definitely taken aback by the amount of tiredness and exhaustion I had after my week of South by Southwest, um, which I am going to get into like a little recap of. If you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen me post little things here and there. But in general, I did not have a lot of time to take a lot of photos. I did not take a lot of videos that I was planning on recording. Just I really, really just enjoyed myself. And I tried to stay present throughout the entire week of South by Southwest. Like I have told y'all before, South by is definitely my favorite season. If you don't know what South by Southwest is, it is a music festival that is what's created and is hosted in Austin, Texas. Um, And the essence of said music festival is discovery, artist discovery, you know, like, in recent years, right, South by Southwest, you know, has gotten larger artists to come on the bill and whatnot. However, you know, the essence of South by is really, really, you know, putting new and upcoming artists like on big stages and kind of expanding their um, expanding their fan bases through discovery. And, you know, this year at South by Southwest, I think a lot of that happened. Um, so yeah, I guess just to jump into the recap of this last week slash two weeks that have passed. Um, and I'm just going to do like a day by day, um, play, I guess, of my personal South by Southwest, um, which started on Monday, the 14th, um, which was technically the official start of South by Southwest music festival. Now there is a, an interactive festival and like a South by Southwest education festival and a film festival that happens the week before. Um, however, I guess it starts that Thursday, the 11th this year it was, but y'all, my South by started on the 14th on Monday. Um, and yeah, so first of all, I wore too many motherfucking clothes. I was cute as shit and I love my outfit and I cannot wait to repeat that outfit. However, it was too goddamn hot. I was walking too much. There was so much going on for me to wear that that many clothes. Now, this is something that I know about myself. This is something that I know about South by Southwest. I that comfort is key. However, was I trying to do that on the first day? No. Did did I have to learn the hard way that this is not it? Yes, I did. Is this something that I continuously do for South by Southwest? Yes. Um, but you know what? I'm not even mad at it because Monday was a cute little day. Honestly. Um, I got to hang out at my dad's old studio because I parked at my aunt's house on the East side in East Austin, um, which was very dope and therapeutic for me just seeing her and being in that environment that I spent so much time 
um in as a child it, it just felt so fucking amazing it really did um but yeah um you know i saw some dope ass shows that day it was actually a really dope day i actually got to see jade nova who i've been wanting to see for a long time she's an incredible artist singer songwriter who works directly with her husband who i believe produces a lot of her music but he also is her drummer which is really dope i actually ran into jade nova in the bathroom shout out to you girl um and she definitely is a height fish because nigga i thought she was hella tall but she's definitely shorter than me and i am not not very tall honey um but yeah that money of South by was really dope i got to see those two people um jade nova i actually got to watch it with my little bae or whatever who i kind of like mobbed the city with for the um second half of the day um a little intoxicated from lots of free margaritas um and it was just like a really cute time you know we just like hung out on scooters and it was just you know it, it was a little a cool little south by vibe a cool little way to start off my personal first day of south by so moving on to the tuesday the the next day now this is when shit it, it kind of got real for your girl um so my day was cool overall i will say the tuesday it was a lot going on but it was cool so um the highlights of that specific day i had a podcasting event that i had to go to um and at that podcasting event there just happened to be free tattoos so honey i fulfilled my 17 year dream of getting a motherfucking free tattoo at south by i've always wanted to get a free tattoo there's always free free tattoos happening at south by there's always artists who are doing little pop-ups and things and i have never had the pleasure of being in the right place at the right time but this time i did and it was completely completely unplanned. I had no clue there were free tattoos upstairs until I got there um, to this motherfucking podcast event. Like I said, um, one of the perks, honey, of the event is that there was lots of free tequila, a whole lot of motherfucking free. And by tequila, I mean, there was free full bar, but I just happened to have a lot of free tequila. I got, uh, I drank way too much before leaving this venue. So I leave the venue right outside. I'm like, fuck, I should probably eat. I am starving right now. Um, and granted, my brain is, my brain wants, or my brain knows that I have somewhere to go after this event. So my brain is like, fuck, I have to be at this certain place, this certain address. Granted, the address is in my phone, um, which while I'm getting something to eat outside of the bar that hosted the podcast event slash free tattoos, nigga i dropped my phone like dropped and could not see the screen so i'm fucking panicking i'm calling my little brother trying to call him on siri i'm saying hey dog i can't hear you but if you can hear me nigga houston we have a problem <laughs> and i was really trying to get him to call my sister so he could like figure out um so she could figure out the address to where the place that i had to go like the venue i had to go where my little boo was djing it or whatever <laughs> so that, that's like really all I needed to know because I knew that if that was the one person that I knew for a fact that was downtown um, or like in East Austin, Central Austin area. So I knew that once I made it to him, like everything was going to be cool. I, it was going to be good with me being fucking wasted and with this phone, but I didn't know the address. So I don't know. Somehow I took a bite of my food. Finally, a delicious ass falafel that we are going to get to. Um, I took a bite of my food. Everything started feeling a little decent, you know, I, I got a little bit of motivation and 
the address of the venue fucking pops in my brain. So I'm like, damn, I don't have a phone. I have no sense of direction other than the fact that I need to go this way. <laughs> so nigga, I literally walked blocks, falafel in one hand, goddamn, um, my sanity in the other hand, walking fucking wasted down 6th Street of Austin, downtown, all the way to East Austin where my little bait was. Nigga, it just so happens that I look inside of this venue. I didn't even realize that the, this venue was the address that I heard music. So I was like, fuck, I'm just gonna follow the music. I so happened to peek my head in and behind the motherfucking DJ booth is this fine ass motherfucker or whatever <laughs> that I get to like hang out with and like touch his dick or whatever the fuck. But I said all that to say I made it and like the nigga took me home and it was just a chaotic ass night that leads into Wednesday because Wednesday I was actually planning on being downtown super early so I can get free breakfast. I can just start my day off super early in South by atmosphere, but no, I had to go get a new phone or I had to get my phone fixed. And I also had to go pick up my motherfucking car that was in East Austin for my aunt's house. Then I had to drive all the way back home. But finally, when I got back downtown, um, I met up with my girl, Rachel, who I've talked about on this podcast. We've been friends for almost 20 years now. It'll be 20 years next year since the day that we met. And yeah, I met up with a little shorty or whatever. And um, my little brother was down there. My little cousin eventually got down there and we all mobbed it up to um, Jay Soldier's first South by set of the year um which was at this dope at what well, was it cheer up charlie's if you're not um, familiar with that venue it has like a dope ass outdoor stage like i love their outdoor stage so much more than the indoor stage um but it was um it was a part of like this festival this dutch festival i'm probably danish danish festival i don't know one of the european countries honey was hosting this festival and invited jay soldier who i've talked about on this podcast a lot to come out so um me and rachel and the gang mobbed there to that show it was really fucking fun i met some really dope people there um and then after that yeah i had a pretty early night or no we didn't have a fucking pretty early night because nigga we mobbed it over to this other club that's um kind of like um east i don't southeast kind of austin like off a of highway i'm a black owned club where if you from texas if you are a millennial if you are a black millennial in texas you know that we mobbed there to see motherfucking young nation and although i'm a little bit plexed up with these niggas for first of all t-tail guapo not being there because that nigga's my spirit animal um but second of all for not playing club rock okay i thought that was very fucking rude and i was trying to jig a little bit but it was really cute the aesthetic of the lounge that we went to called pantheon lounge was really fucking dope um shout out to dion and everyone involved in that cool ass process of making that place come to life because it really looks fucking cool and legit and dope and i would love to see some stripper hoes in there popping pussy or something um but yeah that that kind of ended our night um on wednesday and still i feel like it was a relatively early night i did make it to bed like by one o'clock a.m i believe so all good all good um so moving on to motherfucking thursday um i also met up with rachel again this day um i went to uh, some cute events and stuff around the city um like earlier during the south by day um but then i got to see my baby girl grace Sorensen, who i have talked about on this podcast who makes amazing music i finally got to see her live um i got to have the coolest conversation with her and give her a hug and give her mama a hug and it was just so dope because 
this 18 year old 19 year old young woman just has the voice of an angel and she's just working with such dope people and she is just so grounded and she has her head on straight and it is just so beautiful um so yeah i finally got to see grace perform after i went to that venue um i mobbed it over to rio nightclub where um yeah the guys i so this is like it's kind of hard Okay, see, I'm about to say too much, but I went to this event, the pre-roll um, ATX, which was like, I've talked about that event here that's typically hosted at a club called Flamingo Cantina, where the guys have their residency at. However, um, this event was like a special South by pop-up at a nightclub in Austin, um, which was really dope. The venue was super cool. I fucking loved the couch there. I like melted into the corner of the couch and it felt really fucking good so i was there for a little bit but then after that we damn thursday was a busy ass day shout out to the thursday of south by goddamn um but then after that um i mobbed over back to the venue that i drunkenly stumbled over to um because my little bait or whatever was djing there and there i had some homies there that asked me personally to um stay for their performance and dog the promoters for whatever the fuck this club or like south by event was it was just really unorganized and the set times were running like fucking three hours late um so that was an issue i ended up staying way later than i thought i was gonna stay but overall really good night which brings us in to motherfucking friday friday was a very dope random day the one event that um well i guess i went to two like kind of South by events. I think I hung out at Doc Martin's house. I also hung out at, oh, I never mentioned like Rainy Street. Y'all follow me on Instagram for like a full South by kind of like update recap. But anyways, so yeah, um, I'm talking about Friday. Yeah, it was just like a really cool day. Um, I went to, like I said, Doc Martin's had like an event at South by, um, Tequila 512, which is a local tequila brand also had an event. Um, fucking White Claw had an event that I went to, but nigga, after the White Claw event, I will just say I had the most interesting day with my favorite human um, where psilocybin was involved and it was amazing. And that's all I'm going to say about fucking Friday. That's all I will say. I will say on Friday, I was in bed at a very decent hour. I think I was in bed before 11 o'clock on this day, um, which had me good and prepared goddamn for Saturday, which was, I will definitely say Saturday was my favorite day of South by Southwest. Um, Dominique Blakely, who has been on this podcast before, came into town for um both South by and another one of my friend's birthdays. Uh, shout out to Courtney, big airy shit, you feel me? But yeah, Dominique came and she got dressed with me and we got to mob it to um the smokeout atx which is an event hosted by jay soja and dj napalm i've definitely talked about this like been talking about these niggas for way too long in this podcast episode but y'all they were really the kings of south by to me like i feel like um them niggas work really hard and they they put on some really fucking dope events for south by um and that being said the smoke out um their like official south by event was fucking amazing i got to hug so many people like creatives around the city who i've been wanting to hug um it it was just a really fucking fun time 
so many of my homies passed through. Like I had homies from middle school, from high school, from adulthood. Like nigga, I was just so happy that literally all the motherfuckers that I told to pull up really did fucking pull up and i i appreciate y'all because y'all ain't doing nothing but racking your girl up some points you feel me <laughs> if you know you know um but that being said that the following day the sunday i crashed i slept that entire day i was so motherfucking tired i i just couldn't anymore with human interaction like i just absolutely couldn't. Um, but yeah, that was my South by Southwest. Um, I got shit else to recap, except if you didn't listen to the previous episode featuring my nigga Mo Jane, um, definitely go listen to that. But I don't want to talk to y'all too much because I got we got something special, honey. We we got something motherfucking special, y'all. Okay, so I realized that I did not say that we was getting into the things that I am currently ingesting, but y'all, you know when I say the things that I'm currently ingesting, I mean all the many ways in which you can ingest things into your body. Um, I use this segment as like an accountability tracker so I can be, you know, mindful uh, or so I can stay mindful rather of all the things that I'm in, I am letting into my aura, whether that be physically by eating things or like mentally, like what I'm listening to, what I'm watching, the the company I keep and all those things. But today, y'all, I, I really want to get into the topic of the week. So I'm only going to talk about the food and drink that I have been ingesting in these last couple of weeks, South by Southwest edition. So I just want to talk about my favorite foods that I've had for South by. So first of all, um, Shout out to these delicious jackfruit sliders that I had at this Dell Experience house um, during South by. They're fucking delicious. Best jackfruit I've had ever, period. Um, also, <coughs> I had this. It was a vegetarian. Like, it was actual cheese. But this, like, grilled cheese. And it had, like, this fig onion jam situation. Honey, delicious. Fucking phenomenal. Um, I also had some baklava that was fucking delicious. Um what else did I have? I, I had free tacos during the week. Um, my favorite food was actually not a free South by Southwest food, but it was food that I spent a whole lot of motherfucking money on. And they were these falafels from this Persian food truck on 6th Street. I know that they are Persian because I talked to um, the kid that works there who is a child of the family who owns the food truck. But yeah, they're from Persia and their falafel are made with motherfucking cilantro, which I love because I don't fuck with parsley like that. And best falafels, they literally scoop them and like fry them right there. So it's not frozen. It's no nasty shit. And I had it in a gyro and honey, it was just so good. And I put a whole bunch of like the spicy chili sauce, but yeah, I could really talk about that motherfucking falafel forever. Um, but other than like food, y'all, y'all know, I told y'all previously that I had been drinking tequila. I drank so much fucking tequila last week. Y'all know that's the only alcohol that my stomach can handle besides some White Claw, which was fucking disgusting and never again. That was literally the only alcoholic beverage that I had last week, but I also did drink a lot of cranberry or cranberry. I did drink a lot of coconut water to kind of balance that out. Give me some electrolytes and hydration back into my body because yeah. Mm, wasn't fucking with like alcohol poison or anything. And I was lucky enough to not have gotten like hungover or sick throughout the week. Um, however, I was, my body was very physically tired. But anyways, this is all I wanted to tell y'all um, as far as the things that I have been ingesting. Um, y'all know y'all will get that full segment next week because instead of a topic week, topic of the week this week, 
I have a very motherfucking special guest. And if you read the episode title, if you read the description, if you saw the promo, you know who this guest is. But we had a super, super dope conversation that I cannot wait for y'all to hear. So um, without further ado, let's get into the topic of the week type thing, which is not an actual topic of the week, but you feel me. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> Okay, can you hear me now? I can hear you. Okay. What's up? <laughs> hey. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm chilling. That's good. Did you have class and stuff today? Yeah, I just had one though. Today's my light day. So I, I was chilling. Oh, that's good. So are you like full-time? And we'll talk about this in a second, but are you doing like full-time school? I'm full-time. I got five classes right now. So yeah. <laughs> dog that is wild overwhelming to even think about like been there done that thank god i am an old lady who is over it but um, (laughs) i guess we can start i'm gonna talk to my people real quick um so um if you don't know now you know march is women's history month so i could not think of a better way to end this month um like y'all know earlier in the month we did talk to a really dope woman creative in the city but y'all today we have like my current favorite artist in the building like and I don't say that like I don't use that lightly like I'm not weird like all of my people will tell you like I'm not about I'm not about to lie about no music because I really feel like I have probably the best taste in music of anybody I know so like when I say that shit like it's really real but yeah so the person we have today is yeah, just a dope-ass person that makes dope-ass music, who I thought was just a rapper with crazy-ass <laughs> bars, but is allegedly a vocalist, and like we, y'all may have heard, I don't know if I'm cutting that part out, but she is a full-time student, which is, dog, crazy in itself, but <laughs> well, without further ado, I want to welcome my guest, Lynn. What is up? Hey, y'all. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. Um, you know what? So I think as of this moment, um, besides my child who I've had on the podcast for a little bit, you are the youngest person to be here. And that is an honor because I'm excited. I just turned 21 on Tuesday. So oh, so how does that feel being 21? Honestly, it didn't, it doesn't feel like a big difference with myself. It just it's just not a, my age just isn't an inconvenience anymore mm. you know like everybody else around me is 21 and up so it's like dang oh, okay AJ with us so well AJ my nickname that's me it's like AJ with us so dang can't get in no bar can't get in this can't do that gotta throw the security guard an extra 20 to get her in type deal so I'm just I'm just glad I can do whatever now exactly period and I saw you posting your first drink so what was it where were you when you got your first legal drink went to Texas Roadhouse. I was just chilling. We just went and got some simple dinner. But it was um, a frozen sangria, I think. And for the record, I did not like it. I think the type, the kind of drinker I am, like, I just like shots. Like, just give it to me hard, fast, and it'll add up later. I don't like Exactly. I don't really like mixed drinks. I don't really like sipping, but I just tried it, got it just because I could. So. <laughs> No, I'm the same exact way. And I learned my lesson from South by Goddamn, which we are going to get to. Um, that because I was over here trying to drink margaritas, like I cannot do that. Like, just give me shots. Like my stomach can't handle it, my body, nah, none of that. Um, 
but yeah who who is lynn like who the hell is lynn first of all how <laughs> did you so you said that your people call you aj so mm-hmm. why did you decide to go with lynn okay tell me your full name pronounce your like first name my first name is alinia okay oh that's so pretty so why'd you why'd you decide like why do your people call you aj and why didn't you go with that as your rap name well aj is a childhood nickname um my people have been calling me that all my life so that's what they still call me now however when I thought about my rap name I was like I don't know AJ just doesn't ring um and I didn't like okay so a pro was going with the rap name AJ would be like growing up when guys would hear that my name was AJ they'd be like that's a boy name so I was thinking maybe I can do AJ, but show up and be this fine ass female and like kick that men connotation to the curb. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't ring to me. And I was like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? I don't have any other names. I don't want to come up with a, like a fake name, like something people don't call me. I was like, it has to be something based around something that's real. Mm-hmm. And my grandma's name is Lynn. That's kind of where my real first name came from. So I was like, you know what? I wrote it out. I wrote Lynn out and it didn't look right lowercase. So that's why my brand is all caps. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? You know what was the what was the real like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I said I wrote it out in all caps and mm-hmm. I was like, fuck it, that'll look good on the fat ass chain. So that's what I'm going with. Per- <laughs> I, man, that is dope as hell. I fucking I swear. I, I was like, it. that'll look good on a fat ass chain. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> exactly. I just fucking love that. So so who is Lynn then? Like who how do you describe yourself? Um, I like to think of myself as very, very, very ambitious. Um, since I've learned that word and what that word means, I've always thought of myself as such because before I even knew like what that meant or how to describe it, I always used to think to myself like, why am I always trying to figure out how to make money? Why am I always concerned about what my future is going to look like? What kind of person am I going to be? What kind of career am I going to have? And when I was like, ambitious ambitious I'm like that's what it is I'm not crazy you know like I'm just I'm not just this obsessive person with my you know my future and stuff so I would like to say that I'm very ambitious um I'm just I don't want to say I don't know because I know me Um, I want to say I'm very spontaneous um my emotions and I'm a very emotional person big I'm very in with how I feel um and I have to let people know like I can't and even if I don't say how I feel my face is gonna show it all that is I know when I get bigger and I get my team I know my PR is gonna get on me about that like bitch get your face together because you was on camera bitch get your face together listen yeah I'm just ready to get yelled at about that but I'm working on it but honestly overall I'm very loving um I'm very smart I've been a straight A student since I can remember. So just, I'm very family oriented. I love my family so, so much. That's really who I do it for. Um, I just love what I do. And I just try to be the best person that I could be to everyone. Because for one, you just never know who you're going to need or, you know, who's going to have to speak on your behalf. But I just love treating people how I want to be treated. Yeah. 
Oh, so, that's so valuable. That's like for you to be so young, like you seem very, very grounded. And I love that you brought up family because we definitely are going to get there because yes. that is something that stood out to me from the very, before I saw you perform and we gonna get there mm-hmm. soon. Like I saw your people, like yes. literally like dog, it, it, that is just so beautiful. And you can definitely tell when someone has that foundation or, and if someone just like when someone cares about being a good person yeah. to other people around them, like you can definitely tell. So where are you from? You're from Alabama. Yes. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. I was there the first 16 years of my life. And then in 2016, me, my mom and two of my siblings moved to Texas. Okay, so you've been in Texas since before you went to school. You were here, like you went to high school and middle school here? Yeah. Just high school? I, went to, I started my sophomore year here and then finished out high school and then I stayed in Texas for college. Got you. So you're from the city of Birmingham. Yeah. Okay, cool. So my my baby's people, um, like his dad's family, like they're all from Alabama, but they're from like a town called Orville. Have you ever heard oh, of yeah. that? small town yeah yes it is so small and when I tell you that was the most beautiful place that I have ever been just the trees and because yeah, in Texas it ain't no trees that's how you know when you're in Alabama you hit that freeway and you see nothing but trees yes so which way do you go from Houston to Alabama like do you go back I do I go back frequently actually because my me and my husband are both from Alabama so he has younger siblings we're both the older siblings the oldest so we all have younger siblings still there his whole his entire family still there so we go there very often but um we go through Louisiana go through Louisiana and Mississippi I believe got you so um do you plan on, like, once you graduate, do you plan on staying in Texas? Like, how does that work? So, nobody really knows why I ended up going to college in Texas in the first place. So, I'm going to tell you, because it's kind of tied into it. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I do plan. Let me just answer your question first, though. I do plan to stay in Texas after I graduate. This is what I call my second home. Um. I do really, really love and appreciate where I'm from, but as far as the community and, you know, just everyday violence, and you know, it's, it's violence everywhere, but it's just really, really headed to down there, and this is where I'm comfortable. Yeah. Um, but, so originally my plan was to go to, move back to Alabama after high school and go to Alabama A&M University. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to major in psychology. But I was in high school and it was the last day of school I was taking the final. I will never forget this moment because I feel like this was this was the moment that was like God was like, okay, this is the shift in your life that's gonna take you to where you need to be. Yeah. Um, I was sitting in class and I had already took my final did graduation practice and I was so excited about graduating. And my dad called me in class, I'm like, okay, gotta be some serious. Walked outside, answered the phone, and he's like, Well. I don't think you should come to Alabama um, because my plan was to for him to be my home base there because he still lived there. Uh-huh. Um, so he was like, no, I don't think you should come to school. I'm not ready. Um, I think it was more of like a financial time thing. Um, he was just like, yeah. I can't I can't do it. 
And for me who had been, I had applied months ago, did financial aid, I had already committed. I didn't post it on Facebook. I'm going to Alabama and I'm like, all the aunties know where I'm going. They're like, yes, come back home. I'm like, yes, I'm coming back home. And just for like, you know, him to hit me with that. I don't feel like it was personal. I didn't take it personal, but it was, I definitely felt hurt by it. You know, Mm -hmm. I kind of just felt like, you know, I just based this entire plan around, you know, someone who I was depending on and it just kind of blew up. So at that point I felt like, I was abandoned in a sense, you know, not by him, but by the situation to say that was my only plan. Um, I had no other backup. I had no plan. So turns out I said, okay, cool. I'm going to just, I'm going to just take these punches and, you know, roll with them. Graduated high school. I stayed in Texas and that situation was just, just made me feel like, okay, I've been depending on my mom this entire time. I'm going to continue to depend on her. So I stayed in Texas. I worked through August to December, the first semester of what my freshman year would be. Uh-huh. And I said, you know what, TSU, mind you, I hadn't, I hadn't even applied to any other HBCUs. Oh, damn. Actually, I'm lying. I applied for, um, other than Alabama NM, I applied for PV and TSU. I re- PV was really a strong contestant, but that was only because I had a lot of friends on there. <laughs> so, but it's crazy because they never even sent me a, a, a response back, like not a decline or an acceptance. So I'm like, well, fuck you, PB. Okay. Yes. So, but I applied for TSU just because, like in high school, they had this bulletin board, and you, you know, everybody wanted to have the most colleges on there. So I was just finding all the, so I could have the acceptance letter. So that's why I applied to TSU. But after you know everything I hit the fan and I was like okay I gotta stay in Texas where am I gonna go mm-hmm. I was like okay if I can't go to school I want I at least still want to go to HBCU because that's really near dear to my heart I grew up visiting the HBCUs and I come from a long line of you know family and Greek organizations and HBCUs it's just I've just been knowing black all my life yeah. I was like I'm not going to a PWI so I was like dang I started going through my acceptance letters just crying like what am I gonna do and something was just like, yeah, checking the TSU. So it was in Houston. It was three hours away. It wasn't that far. And I came as a psychology major, still like just choosing something because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And this kind of go into how I got my start rapping. I finally came in the spring semester, spring of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I went to the computer lab and this girl named AJ, ironically, that was her nickname too, we were in a computer lab and I was like, she was listening to beats. And I'm like, oh, you right. You you like, you do music for real. Because music has always been like around me. My mom was a singer. My dad kind of did with it, rap a little bit. So I grew up listening to all different kinds of music. I just never thought that I would be the rapper. I even took a production class in high school just because I knew I kind of wanted to see what it was like. But I never really just had that say so to say, yep, this is what I'm going to do. So I seen her and I was like, oh, you do this for real, girl? Let me see what you're doing. So for a couple of days, I was with her and her friend and they were like really doing it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm in college. I'm a, you know, because they always say you can reinvent yourself in college. And I kind of yes. took that and ran with it. I, girl, I took that and ran with it. And when I tell you, I just, I got in my dorm room and I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get on YouTube and I'm going to put these beats on how they do. And I'm going to see what I can do. And it was off from there. That and is- it was off and I was just like God had to slap me in my face with that you know for me to go to college to see that I feel like that was I was meant to be there that was meant to happen yeah I feel like 
the rap is what I was meant to do because of that. You know, for you to have such a set plan, mm-hmm. you know, and for God to just like switch it up like that. I, I just feel like Ooh, especially way. being a little smart black girl with that plan friend I already know that's fate <laughs> literally like I was like oh my god I was hysterical I'm like no what am I gonna do and then you know you get all these talks about I've been college has been drilled in me since I was younger and then especially oh, yeah. I came up with good grades so that everybody told me that I was gonna be a lawyer I was gonna be a judge and I went so long thinking yeah I'm gonna be a lawyer I'm gonna be a lawyer I got older and I started doing research. I'm like, who's going to go to school for four years and turn right back around and go for again? I'm not doing it. At all. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to get into something. And I just, it just happened from there. Like within the first two weeks of college, I was rapping and I was like, okay, this is insane, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> yes. So wait, are you still a psych major technically? No. Oh, then this here's this good part. Here's the same yeah. good part. So after the spring 2020, mm-hmm. um, from January to March, those were the first three months of the spring semester. I want to say that March 2020, that's when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So I, I had only experienced two months of regular college. It's still not even really, I didn't really get a lot because I was in Houston by myself. I had no car. Um, I didn't really know a lot of people. And I didn't really get to do much because of my fear of, you know, like just, men are crazy some women are crazy and I was just really really scared I didn't you know nobody was here I'm like I don't want nobody has to call my mom be like we don't know where AJ is so I was like wait can I back can I stop you real real quick Uh because I missed this part and I thought about it just a second ago I was like I'm gonna just go back I'm not gonna ask her again but wait what city in Texas did y'all move to like where your mama stay in Texas got you oh so right up here okay all right but go ahead I was just really scared to do anything. So I went to a couple of parties, like, you know, explored the city just a little bit, but I didn't really get to do much. And then COVID hit. And if you ask me, I think I had COVID when it first came because around February, um, I remember I was trying to do, I came home for Valentine's Day. Mom brought me back. And then I got really, really sick, like flu-like symptoms, but they couldn't, nobody could put their finger on it. Why everything, it was just a lot. And it was so bad. I couldn't move. Like I couldn't nothing. Like I couldn't do anything. Then boom, I got over it like a week later. Then in March, like right before my birthday, COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And they, they waited until I didn't like this. TSU waited until we went home for spring break. And they were like, yeah, y'all just went for spring break, but come get your shit and don't come back because this is a deadly virus going on and y'all ain't gonna be here no more. So yeah, I kept the whole spring break and I was like, oh my God, like, is this for real? Did I really just come to college and come back home? I'm like, fuck, I had just got a job and everything. I'm like, damn, back to square one. Mm-hmm. So I went up there, got my shit, came back and I was online and it just, shit went from there. And now we back in person and stuff, so it just it is what it is yeah trucking through <laughs> it dang so but, oh, I, oh, oh I'm go ahead, sorry. Yeah. I got I got sidetracked my major, oh, is, major yes. I got online and I just was like what am I gonna do I'm taking all these basic classes I started doing more research into my school mm-hmm. so my school has a program it's called the ERM program I'm an entertainment recording and industry management major that is so dope. I'm an artist, but I'm going to school to be somebody manager. Her, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. 
I love that so much. <laughs> I, I really love it. And I love how you took the time to really like research the programs that your school has. Cause yeah. man. I got there, I was like, I don't want to waste my time. I'm wasting money. And I was already getting fed up with class itself. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, this feel like high school all over again. Like, cause you know, when you get in, you're taking the same basic classes. Yeah. And I was like, really? This what I'm finna do? Really? I gotta figure, I was like, I gotta figure it out. Cause I'm like, I don't want to do nothing with psychology really I was just picking something so I just was like let me look and I was like oh my god this is perfect and I felt like there was another sign from God that this is where I should be because I haven't been able to find this degree at any other school yeah so I was like you at that at that I was like you know what and Matthew knows Beyonce's father had a really, really big hand in building this program. So, oh, I think I know that. Yeah, PSU is very musically inclined. You know, we got a lot of famous every like from sports to music. It's a lot of people that come from here, and Houston is just a big ass music city. So, I'm like, you know what? After I added everything up and just sat and talked to God about it, I was like, okay, God, I'm, I'm gonna do what you want me to do. I'm gonna do what I'm supposed to do. So, oh, that is so beautiful. So. We're going to get to your specific music. Because, um, like I said, I'm definitely a fan. We definitely need to get that around here. Like, my little brother is like a little hood baby. He's like 23 years old and mesmerized. But we're going to get there. Um, but I want to kind of backtrack a little bit. So, you said your mom was a singer and your dad did music. Like, what was their journey in doing all that? So, my mom uh, grew up singing in the choir. And then after she, I have four siblings. I have a younger sister and two younger brothers. Mm-hmm. So after she um had us, her voice was just never the same. So now she just kind of sang in the shower and stuff. Yeah. She kind of never went back to it. You know, after she had us, she really did put her life on hold. And now she has a newfound passion as a photographer. So she's doing, she's still doing good. It's yeah. just different music but that was her passing it and then I can't really speak too much on my dad because um he dabbled in rap when I was younger like Mm -hmm. I want to say from maybe the time I was born to about me being like 10 years old I want to say that's when I could like kind of remember him doing music-based things but I didn't really know a lot about it because my dad was kind of the dad like he kind of wanted to shelter us from that because of all what rap brings Mm, so okay. you know like the clubs and the yeah. even you know even certain music that would come on the radio he's like oh, I don't kind of want y'all listening to that you know he was very sheltering and it did help you know to see now a lot of the younger generation they are getting a lot of this vulgar information so quickly mm-hmm. and I'm like dang you five years old and you talking about seven pounds like I understand Listen, if, yeah. if there are some viral songs it's like okay you can get away with it because it's viral but like these kids, this younger generation, these couple babies, they got it all. So yeah. I definitely understand now being older, like why he was so sheltering about it. But yeah, he kind of dabbled in it when I was younger. So right now it may become more of kind of like a hobby with him now. Oh, got you. So what type of music like were you listening to? What was being played around you when you was growing up? So my mom, I want to say she is the reason why. I can be so diverse and I haven't been able to showcase just yet all of the sides of me. But however, I listened to, of course, it was a lot of 90s. I know the SWV, I know the Destiny's Child, I know the 
the Erica Badu, Jill Scott's. Um, but it was what really, I feel like what really kicks it off for me to be able to attack the kind of beast that I attack is the fact that I was also brought up on the, like the dirty South mm. to say the, the two trains, the outcast, the goody mob, um, you know, CeeLo as an individual artist. Um, who else? Oh, let me think about somebody good. Uh, Three Six Mafia. You know, my mom made sure she introduced me to women, you know, Gangsta Boo. Ooh. You know, just, just when, you know? So, yes. and then she'll turn around and we'll go on a road trip and I'll listen to Lady Gaga. I'll listen to classical music when I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my the very first concert she took us to was a Black Eyed Peas concert. You know, so it, it ranges from everywhere. Like my favorite band is Paramore. It just, it, it just ranges from everywhere. And I'm so glad that her love for music just really passed down to us. Yeah. And it's so crazy because at first we were like, when me and all my siblings were growing up, we were all into sports. Like I, I played volleyball very well. And that was a that was a passion of mine at one point that I lost kind of along the way a little bit when I started getting older and getting into different things. But me and all my siblings played a whole bunch of sports. Like my little sister is at her college right now on a wrestling scholarship. Dope. You know, and my my other young my other little brother, um, he's graduating this year and he's gonna be a walk-on for his his college's football team. So we're all just really just talented individuals yeah very well-rounded um, kids yes, man. but my mom would always say i just wish somebody was seeing i just i just wish somebody was seeing everybody want to run around and but you know eventually she i don't think she knew it then but mm-hmm. eventually you know god had his own plan and i went through my own trials and tribulations you know i felt like i had to get go through those different types of people and those different types of situation to, to you know, navigate this music world a little better before I actually started doing it. So I feel like everything that I went through, even if I didn't stick to it, or even if my dream or my passion did change, I felt like all the lessons I learned, it just led me here because honestly, I feel like this is it for me. Yeah. So I'm just glad I could fulfill her, you know, her dream of, you know, having a kid or having multiple kids who are, who do share the same passion as she does, so that's so dope and I know like as a mom like she loves that like I know so I know you started music like you know first thing like when you got to school to TSU but when did you know that you were like musically talented like when did you know you had a voice okay so growing up I would hit a note or two here or there and but and I kind of knew that I could hold a little note but I don't have a powerhouse voice. Mm-hmm. So I kind of felt like that will, that's what didn't make me a singer. Um, I grew up in church mm-hmm. too. And a lot of the other girls, they would hit all these crazy notes and runs and build all this stuff out. And I'm like, well, I can't really do all that. You know, like I'll just be in the background. So I kind of played the background role because that's what I subjected myself to. Um, but a lot of people did say, like, when me growing up, oh, you got a little voice, you know, that's cool or whatnot. But I just played the background of it because, like I said, I didn't feel like I was really... Because one of my most liked artists is Beyonce. Mm-hmm. And I grew up listening to her literally, like, from 
you know, I caught the back end of Destiny Child and witnessed the crazy in love when I was younger. And then I got older and I was singing Drunk in Love, you know? Mm -hmm. So I've just witnessed it all from her. But being at home, watching those Beyonce tour DVDs, like back to back, knowing the choreography, knowing what kind of run she do, knowing that's not normal. I was like, well, if that's the best in the world, I'm nowhere near that. That means I'm not a singer. <laughs> I was like, I love you. <laughs> But I was like, I'm not even gonna, you know, like, I I know my strengths, but I also know my weaknesses. And I was like, I don't really think that's my lane. (laughs) So I was like, nah, I'm gonna do something else. And then I was really, I've always been really good with sports. I like, I started sports when I was like five years old playing t-ball. So I was like, well, maybe this is my avenue. But when I, um, what really got me to it was I had to build a a certain kind of confidence in myself aside from music because I felt like before music um I didn't really know exactly where I stood as a person and as a woman like what kind of woman am I Mm -hmm. and it just took music for me to say okay because honestly if you're a songwriter you have to get into a different type of headspace to be able to narrate your own life even from a different perspective than your own Mm -hmm. you know within and also be unbiased to say I'm wrong in this situation and I'm gonna tell people that I'm wrong I'm not gonna just tell half of it you know or my personality a little fucked up and that's okay and I'm okay with letting y'all know that because I'm not perfect so I felt like once I kind of had that talk with myself to say okay if you're going to do this, you got to do this 100%. And you have to know who you are unless, or else they're going to tell you who you are. Yeah. And I've never been, I'm, but I've never been the type of person to just take, you know, that to take a, a direction from anybody. I feel like I have the, I, I don't know, I call it older sibling syndrome because I feel Listen. like, and uh, it might be, and then that mixed with me being the Aries, I feel like I know everything. <laughs> I feel like I know everything. I know me, you don't know me. So <laughs> I knew coming into music, I was like, okay, I got to sit down with myself and just make sure I know who I am and as a woman and what kind of, you know, what story do I want to tell? Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to set it off. So that, I started putting the music together. I started letting my close friends and my, and my mom hear it. And my mom has been on board since the beginning. But it's so funny because I called her when I was at school one day. And my mom wrote this rap. I'm going to come home and I'm going to record and I'm going to let you hear it. Because I tried to spit it live in the car for her and I kept choking up because I was cussing and stuff. And I was yeah. still like 18. I was like, oh my God, I can't cuss around my mama. Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to just have to record and let her hear it. So I let her hear the first song or whatever. Some of my first stuff. And she was like, this is good. She was like, you know what I was scared about? She was like, if you were bad, she was like, how am I going to tell my child she's bad at something? Because she was going to be honest regardless. Mm-hmm. But yeah she she has been you know supported from the beginning um a lot of my I entrusted people with that side of me before I let the world see it so that they will give me their true and honest opinions because these critics and these blogs don't play you know so and don't get me wrong it was some friends that I had at the time when I first started rapping um and I felt like they were my friends but they actually weren't like it took rapping like 
kind of weeded out a lot of those relationships mm. that I was kind of rocky on to say, mm-hmm. you might be jealous, but I'm not sure yet. And yeah. when I started rapping, you know, it just let me know to say this one incident I had, I was with my friends, been friends with these people for four or five years, you know, like since I moved to Texas, we did some everything together. And I got to the point where I was like, okay, I want to put a project together. I want to release an EP or something. So I'm always constantly listening to beats. I'm always finding inspiration from something. I was listening to beats one day. We're all in the house together. And they were like, oh, you, what you, what you feeling? Are you going to rap? You know, like, what you, oh, you, you think you rapping, huh? I was like, you know what? This is not the energy I need around me at all. You know, like, I got it. You don't like this, you know? So Mm -hmm. I cut them off and I've just been trying to, you know, just, Pray for the spirit of discernment. So I'll continuously know, even when the glitz and glamour come, even when the camera's out, I'll still know who to talk to and who to let in my circle and who not to. Yeah. So that is dog. If I was <laughs> this way when I was 21 years old, man, like I just I really admire this about you. Like the spirit of discernment as a infant and now, like I'm I'll be 30 next month. Um, well in a couple weeks but um (laughs) like I have that is something that I've really had to pray for like in these last Mm -hmm. couple years you know moving back home to Austin just all this stuff and like as soon as I prayed that prayer like everything was revealed to me but imagine I can only imagine how the trajectory of my life would have been if that Mm -hmm. would have been specific to my prayers and everything at such a young age and like the confidence in all of this, like, we are going to get there. But look, I, I'm, I'm going to take it back. Uh, well, I guess I'm going to take it a little bit forward from where you were talking. Um, but the first time, right, and I'm talking to my people a little bit, the first time I was ever introduced to, to Lynn was, I believe, sometime in the summer 2021 at the pre-roll um Mm -hmm. which is a platform in the city um that is conducted by for life forever entertainment that is made up of two really really cool fucking humans um jay soldier and dj napalm i've talked about these niggas on the podcast like y'all already know um but that's the first time i was ever introduced to to lynn the artist this dope ass person like i said before i heard you before i saw you go on stage dog like I saw all your people with Mm -hmm. QR code shirts like (laughs) they were so deep and I love that like that shit brings tears to my eyes like because it's nothing like community and you can def like the quality of human you are navigating the music industry when you have that solid foundation dog that means everything but we gonna get to family like I said but how how did your interaction with Jay Soldier and DJ Napalm happen? Like, where did this come from? So it was so random. And if you would have told me that that interaction would have led to me doing my first South by only two years in as an artist, no, no management, no major label, no nothing. I would have told you, you crazy. But one day, um, my cousin, Chris, he DM'd me the live stream flyer mm-hmm. and he's always on the scout for all these, you know, opportunities. If he sees something, he's going to say something. So he sent it to me. He was like, I think it was either that day. He was like, are they doing, you know, this, 
you know, submit. Oh, your it's song. like their music reviews flyer. Yeah, music mm-hmm. reviews for live on Instagram Live. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm submit my song. You know, it's a cute little one too. You know, let me see. You know, if they mess with it. And at the time, I think I had just dropped my single Slick Slide. I had just dropped it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna send this in. I emailed them the song and I got on the live and I was waiting for them to play it. And it was me, my husband on the live, he's on the live, some of my other cousins on the live, and they spam my name. They just spam my name. So Jay Soldier, like, I see this name Lynn coming across the screen a lot. Let's let's get into this. Mm-hmm. Played the song, him and they loved it. They wrote me down. And I had already seen the flyer saying, come out to the pre-roll and sign up. I was gonna do that. So when they got on the live and they played my song, they was like, yo, you got to come out. So boom, they reached out, made me a flyer. I was like, yes, I got a show in Austin. Is it yeah. good? So, cause that, I honestly feel like that's where most of my fan base is coming from because a lot of my shows have been in Austin. I want to say my last show in Austin prior to that was a couple months before that. I had opened up for um, OTB Fast Rain. Okay. And that was a really good show. But went to the pre-roll, and I bodied it and it was it was just on from there you know I really appreciate those guys for giving the younger artists you know even even if they're not young you know even if you're five six years in the game and you just still need a one-up you know because this industry shit is crazy you know Mm -hmm. so I just really appreciate them for just even making this platform and just you know recognizing real music for real. So, so what was the journey to becoming a South by artist? Like, so from the first pre-roll to, cause you don't have to compete in the smoke out with yeah. dang, I haven't, I don't know if I've been on the podcast. I have not been on the podcast, Mike, y'all since South by. So I, y'all will have like the whole recap. Um, and I've definitely talked about what the smoke out is here on the podcast, but you don't have to compete to be a South by artist. So what was the moment first pre-roll to getting, letting these niggas being like, you're coming to South by and then preparing and then finally having that South by stage. So the biggest trial that I went through with making sure that my South by performance was um, was really, really good was me releasing my mixtape. Um, at the time when I, when I received the South by invite from doing the pre-roll, I only had my singles out. Um, and I had been working on this mixtape for so long. I've been, these songs, um, like Playgirl, one of the songs on the mixtape, that song is two years old. So this this mixtape is two years in the making. It's just, it was like a lot of financial stuff slowing it down. I wanted to have a rollout and this and that, you know? So a lot of me being in my head about this has to be good because I'm not in competition with anybody else, but in the eyes of these A&Rs and these blogs and these critics, I am. You know, they're gonna hold my, whatever I put out up to somebody else's. And I have to stay, to, you know, I have to, it has to stand strong. So I was like, I don't wanna release this music on a half-fast note. So that was the biggest thing. When I found out the date for South by that I was gonna be performing, I'm like, okay, my mixtape gotta come out either on that day, if it's a Friday or the week before or two weeks before, just something like that, because mm-hmm. I have to have my catalog out. Yeah. So that was the biggest thing I went through, just from graphic designers, um, being late with the visuals. Ooh, um, 
me having studio sessions, but every I'll have a studio session and of course I'm mixing mastery, but I'll come home something wrong with it, you know, or I'll come home and want to change something. And I got to go back to the studio, but mind you, I'm a college student. I record in Austin at Fishon, but I, I'm here in Houston, yeah. you know, so just driving back and forth and just doing everything. That's not in, everything in one spot, but you know, with God's grace, I pulled everything off. Um, but that was the biggest challenge, honestly, because other than that, if I do a show, I'm just, the biggest thing I worry about is my outfit. I love <laughs> that's that. My outfit and my hair. That's the only thing I worry about for a show. Unless I, you know, book somebody to to be my to be a videographer or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's that'd be the biggest thing I'd be worried about is just my look and just getting there on time. Cause I got yeah. a problem with being on time right now. Listen, Aries things. <laughs> I'm always late. I don't know what it is, no matter how early I wake up. I'm just always late. Yeah. But that was the biggest thing. It was a lot of ups and downs with this mixtape. You know, just from one of my songs, like Past Death, um, it originally had a different beat, but I oh. uploaded it to my distributor. And because mind you, Past Death is also, I want to say, a year old. Uh-huh. And I wrote it to this beat and I copped the lease, but it had already been bought exclusively after I got it. So like yeah. I copped the beat, wrote the song, recorded it. And it just sat in my files until I was ready to release it. Then boom, now I'm ready to release it. Somebody already published it down the major label. It's nothing I could do about it. Yeah. So literally, like I want to say four days, because I had uploaded it to the distributor, you know, to be out, had to take it right back down. And when you're releasing music as a as an independent artist, it's really, really good to upload your music as fast as you can so that you can be considered for like Spotify playlists and promo and this and that. Mm-hmm. So my mixtape got officially released or uploaded two days before it came out. And that cut a lot of thing, a lot of my promo things that I needed. However, I just still needed to make that date before sci-fi. So that's something I just had to cut my ties with. But yeah, like little stuff like that, past that beat got changed three days before just because I had to shout out to Jamal over at Spit Sharma Engineer because he remade the beat in like an hour and I wasn't even and I wasn't even with him like I was at home and I uploaded it and I called him and I'm like Jamal we got a fucking problem like somebody got past it he's like fuck I'm like let's remake it he like bet and he sent me the file like an hour later so he just he has been a really nice aide in this in this yeah. process too he like family to me now like i don't even see myself going to anybody else to mix and master we like you know like drake and 40 like you coming with me nigga like you i don't want nobody else so. oh me yes but yeah that was the biggest thing just trying to get this project out and I, them songs was getting so stale to me i was like these oh, are you tired cool. of them i'm tired of them i'm not gonna lie like in, like who the hell is in for example i wrote that song back in may of last year yeah Oh, but they were really big staple songs. So I just knew like as an artist, I couldn't just sit on them and never put them out. But they were getting really, really stale to me. And I said, okay, like I have to just get them out. Yes. So okay. that was, but yeah, that was the biggest thing I was worried about was just getting this project out by time for my performance. So I won't be performing unreleased things. So everything will be out so people can go to them and you know I can get the streams and stuff. Exactly. So what what was your favorite part about your South by experience as an official artist this year? Um, not having to wait in our lines. Per. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but <laughs> this was my first South by Southwest ever. 
as a like I've never been before. Oh so, yeah. Like I'm I'm still I've been in Texas five years, but I'm still getting I'm still getting used to Texas culture. Like the rodeo just passed, and I wasn't able to go to the rodeo because I was in Austin for South by. So I still haven't been to the rodeo. So just like little stuff like that, I'm still getting used to it and I'm still experiencing new Texas things and I love it. So this is my first South by Southwest um, just as a as a fan and as an artist because I still take myself out my artist body and I'm still a fan. Like my, I want to say other than my performance and being able to be with my peers mm-hmm. over at Revival Coffee, I love seeing... Um, Don Tolliver at the Rolling Loud stage, uh, Duke Deuce at the Rolling Loud stage. It was a couple of events that I wanted to go to that I couldn't get to because I was being an artist. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I just really enjoyed it. You know, me and my husband worked really hard. And that whole week, we just chilled. You know, he took that, that the second half of the week off. And we just walked around Austin, rode scooters, and, you know, walked around with our artists. We said, like, yeah, bitches, we important. You know? Oh, yes. <laughs> Like, yeah, bitches, it's us. <laughs> you know, eating at our favorite taco spot, just walking around, soaking in the good vibes, seeing drunk people, because we don't really drink like that. But just, yeah. you know, getting drunk through them. <laughs> yeah, It was really, really fun. And I really, really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to next year, so me too. Like, I will say, <laughs> as an Austin native, I'm somebody that's been doing South by, like, since middle school goddamn so for it to be back this year and for me to be I guess more involved (laughs) with the people and people that are creating in the city like it just felt it just feels so good man like and I just love to before I get into the music because we are getting Mm -hmm. there I promise but (laughs) I just gotta swoon over you and that motherfucking (laughs) south by performance right because it was later in the night you know like we had kind mm-hmm. of been there for a long ass time you know I had really seen everybody that I was trying to see except yeah. Lynn I was like where ma'am where is she <laughs> I'm already trying to be here supporting fucking the guys yeah. and so dang I'm like where the heck is she so Lynn y'all comes on stage and by this time you know my little brother's not here like my step-siblings mm-hmm. like no one like only like my friends are here, but my family's not here. So I'm like, damn, they finna miss the one person I want to <laughs> So I'm like recording, you know, like, and something happens like during, like, I guess I was looking for my camera. And then all of a sudden, one of my homies that I came with this black girl, um, I couldn't find her ass. I go find her. She's in the middle of the stage. She's like, dog, who the fuck is this? Who is, who the hell is Lynn? Goddamn. Yeah. And so- finally um I think I it was like I forget your exact set list but it was like it was definitely before Anthem happened mm-hmm. um so that's like when my brother and them walk in granted my brother's a little hood baby he's so cute and he he walks in he's like bro she kind of hard I'm like no <laughs> I know and I see my, my other sisters like straggling in and stuff like that and then dog you drop anthem and that shit goes fucking wild like in situations that are already high energy and it's just like a lot of these songs are very Aries big Aries shit like just it's dog it is wild so because of the iconic what I think is iconic like you gotta put the Mm -hmm. shit on a shirt some cups a mug 
something like because of the iconic first line of Anthem um I wanted to do like something different that I've never done with an artist on my podcast and I want to kind of tell you because this is music like I said um Middle of Madness guys is the album by Lynn that is out now um go stream the fuck out of that hoe I will put the link (laughs) in the places that it's supposed to go um but I really listen to this music so in listening to this music um and it being very catering to my Aries ego um there's so many bars that that resonate with my life so <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go like track by track I'm gonna give cool. you a favorite bar from each track and I want you to explain the bar like how it came about the context within the song um but then also um talk about just the overall energy like what you were feeling when yeah. these songs happened so <laughs> to start um oh so first song um like I said guys album middle of madness by Lynn all the places you can get it um the first song who the hell is Lynn so the bar that I just fucking love from that song is (laughs) I thought you hoes as rappers where y'all pin or where's y'all's pin bitch what happened like so listen I I love hip-hop right Mm-hmm. I, you know, my dad was an artist. I don't know if you haven't been in Texas too long um, and not an artist who was a DJ, um, but there was this hip hop thing that happened in the city called Jump On It. Um, my dad mm-hmm. was like one of the first DJs to do that. All of him and his people kind of put that together. So this hip hop shit is very Easy. near. To my heart, right? <laughs> yeah. So when rappers flex they pin, that shit is just... Mm, my favorite so so where did this bar come from who who you flexing on you don't gotta say too much but but what so, honestly i'm gonna air it out that entire song okay so let me tell you how the beat came about uh-huh. that beat it was just i heard it and i couldn't not not hear it again uh-huh. so um little yachty released his project michigan boy boat um, mind you, we had already, mind you, I'm in my fan bag. <laughs> we had already kind of, he had already kind of tapped into the Detroit sound uh, when Kodak got out of jail and they released Hit Body. That beat is just so infectious. And you know, my, my husband, he's a big fan of Kodak and I'm a big fan of Yachty. So they teamed up on that song and it, I like when Yachty rap, rap, like when Yachty get in his rap bag, he does it. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, let us fuck this song. So the the tag, who the hell is Carlo? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, who is this dude? Like, this beat fucking crazy. Who is this dude? And in the lights of YNJ and all of the Michigan guys being put on the forefront, you know, going viral through TikTok and the world being put on to the Michigan sound. That was the whole essence of what was going on. So when that song dropped, I'm like, damn, this bitch hard. So boom, Yachty dropped his tape and it's straight Michigan beats. You know, it's him and the Michigan guys, and they fucking doing their thing. So me and my cousin Chris are sitting in my mama's driveway. I love Chris, by the way. I don't know your cousin Chris, but everything yes. you said about Chris <laughs> is some down-ass shit. I love this yes. <laughs> <laughs> So me and Chris sit in my mama's driveway on some chill shit. Like, I see this nigga every day. Like, this nigga's my fucking cousin. Like, I don't know. This nigga just so we sit in my mama's driveway and we listening to the um the Yachty project. You like hell yeah, you know just because he he real he real technical when it comes to music too. Like he a music critic. Like he don't just be slandering people, but he gets down to it. You know, like we talk about more than just surface. You know, 
So we're like, yeah, you know, these beats fucking crazy. Who is making this beat? So we hear Carlos tag more than once. So he goes and finds Carlos on Instagram. He like, hey, this nigga got a beat though. You know, like, let's get into the nigga beats. We're sitting there. Boom. The first beat we play is the Who the Hell is Land beat. I'm like, I got to have it. I'm broke at the time. I have zero dollars. Chris got some money. He like, fuck it, I'm about to beat. He bought the beat. Boom. A day later, um, in my city, it's a it's a couple women, you know, rapping or whatever. But let's not. It's a couple women in my city rapping, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just a real big fan of actual rap, you know, not just pussy popping, you know. Mm-hmm. So and not just club. What you know what some people would call club music, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 real rap. So with me being in Texas, it's kind of stunting my growth in my city. A lot of people still don't know about me from my city because when I left, I was still a little young and I was never the type to just have big fans or crowds of people that I knew. So when I left and, you know, it's, it's kind of, Lynn is more, it's like Texas, like, cause that's most of the people who I know as a grown up are here. Yeah. So I'm still trying to kind of like break into my city. Like, hey, I'm from here, y'all. Remember me? You know, like I'm this now. Cause uh, you know, I was a little, I don't want to call myself lame, but I would say I was very reserved. Yeah. Um. You know, I didn't do a lot. I was young. I was only 16. You know, like a lot of people be like 16. Like 16, nigga, I had a, like, my mom was like, no, you're not going to be out here pussy popping. You know, you're not gonna, I'm not going to drop you off nowhere. You come home at one in the morning, you know? So know. my friend group was really, really small, you know, and I kind of, I appreciate her for that because people crazy, but yeah. But yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of um, talk on Facebook about who is the best of the best of the women from my city, and it was like a list of like fifty girls, maybe like I don't know how many, but it was it was, it was that many people, and I wasn't on it. And it was a couple people tagging my names in the comments, you know, yeah. a couple a videographer I'm close with, you know, some couple producers that know a little bit about me. Um, but then you know it was just a couple tags, and I was like, hmm, I see this list. Okay, cool. But you know, everybody in the comments still like, well, this girl got this big feature, or this girl got this video with this person. And, you know, just yeah. a lot of gimmicks. You know, a lot of gimmicks that you Literal know gimmicks. that money. You know, a lot of gimmicks that money can get, but talent can't get you no further than that. Oh, so yes. I, I've honestly, I felt, um, I felt attacked. Mm-hmm. You know, just not even directly, but. Me as my artistry, me like Lynn felt attacked. Knowing my pen, knowing my talent, I felt like, okay, y'all don't know me, and y'all finna get to know me. And that's where that song came from. And with his tag being "Who the hell is Carla?" I'm like, shit. I, this song about who the hell is Lynn? Like who, you know? Cause I'm I'm thinking like you know when people hear me like if like you know if I would have brought my music to you, you know, just as somebody not knowing me, they're like, who is this? You know, that's the first question somebody asks when you bring something new to them, whether they like it or not. They're like, who is this? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, you know, who the hell is Carlo? Fuck it. Who the hell is Lynn? And I just, I went off. I was mad. Chris loved when I get mad. He's like, he, he'll probably go on record and say this. He loves when I'm angry and I'm mad because I'm like, Chris, don't get me mad. Yeah, but he loves when I'm angry because that's when I write some of my best raps. You know, that's when I really get in my rap bag. It's like, y'all not going to intimidate me. This shit ain't cute. This shit for real. Like, I'm finna eat off this. You know, so it just, when I get mad, I I get hungry. Like, it's just, you know, so that's where that song came from. I'm like, who the fuck is y'all talking to? You know, like, Goddamn. you know, watch it ain't, fucking it, mouth. you know, watch your mouth. You know, it ain't about no list. It's about real talent. 
and I got that. So this that's that's what I'm gonna show y'all. Oh, I, I love it. <laughs> I stand. So the second song, which has become as of this week, this has become my favorite song statement. Uh-huh. I have been waking up every morning, like the drive <laughs> to school for my baby has been to this song on some shit. Like, and shout out to is his name Pressure Two Times? The person uh-huh. Pressure. Uh, man yeah. shout out to that nigga because i fucking i love that verse but my favorite bar of yours is i feel like i don't know i feel like you could easily easily guess this one but it's the i'll put a 50 how say today like Giannis. oh yeah goodness <laughs> why friend and then what did you say after that trying to stack a bill so at that time okay so shout out to pressure me and pressure got linked to my husband my husband was in trucker school and he knew one of pressure's homeboys and he just talks about me all the time my husband is like he's amazing and he just knows what i'm looking for whether it's a beat or a video guy whatever so he's he's at work or at school talking about me and he comes home he's like Hey, it's it's a dude I met in school, and he said he got a dude that do videos. Oh, I got his Instagram for you, and he not even big on social media, but he know I be on Instagram. You know, I, I'm on my social media shit, so yeah. he like, you know, I ain't want to give you number out. You know, I want to give you number out, but I got an Instagram, so I looked him up. It was Pressure. So me and Pressure did a, a trade for trade at the time. He did me a video. He did my bag out video, and I gave him a verse. So. Me and Pressure got a couple songs in the in the in the in the locker that y'all ain't heard yet. This was just the first one to come to the surface. Mm-hmm. So the very first time me and Pressure got together, um, went to his home studio and it was vibes. Like he from Alabama too, so it was just that home connection. Um, and he's married as well, so his whole home vibe it was so welcoming. He's so cool, and he's a very talented artist. This man don't write that statement verse you heard. That was from the first link up we had. <clears throat> we did the song. We did one song together that was not released, and then we did statement. We were just still chilling, and he was like, mm, "Let me pull some up." So we got on YouTube. You know, just niggas still in the trenches. Niggas still using two beats. We like, and this was, this was about, this was last year, but it wasn't that long ago. Um, it is more of the more recent written songs. Cause I wrote my verse. The first part of my verse, um, that it's just me. I had that written already to another beat, but I got in the studio and he pulled up that beat. I was like, Hmm, let me see if these bars work on this beat. Boom. I spit it. He like, shit. Insane. You know? So boom, he, he got the mic. He freestyled it. That verse is not written. Nothing me and Pressure ever do is written for him. Because I, I still yeah. write. But when I do get in the, in the studio with Pressure, it, he kind of do be like, nah, Lee, come on. I know you yeah. got it. You know, he encouraged me. And it's kind of like a friendly banter. That's why at the end, we go back and forth. And that ending when we go back and forth, that's not written. I freestyled it. So, ma'am. But, but in the light of that, I think that's when Giannis had just won the championship and my husband big in the sports. So he come to me like, babe, Giannis just, Giannis just put on 50. He just put on 50. And it was Go so off. funny. <laughs> so that had just happened like a little bit ago. And I was like, cool. I'm like, shit, I'm going to put on 50 instead of day like Giannis yeah. trying to stay a bill passing and come like Ronnie. I'm oh, like, yeah, man. I like that. <laughs> Dog. 
listen okay <laughs> friends and listeners like I am a person that I listen to projects front to back like the first time I ingested but if you are not that person and if you are not if you're about to go skip around in middle of madness which oh I have an artist here like do you like that <laughs> when people do that do you rather people listen to your music straight honestly okay I'm, I'm gonna say I do because I feel like on your first listen to any project you need to I feel like as a fan, you need to give that artist uh, a chance oh, to that. say to say most artists do put their songs in order of how they want them to be perceived. So give that artist a chance at being an artist, which is strategically placing their songs. Give them that at least at first. You get what I'm saying? But if you get into a project and you go to the first three songs and you don't like nothing, then you start skipping around, I'll accept it, you know? But me, I still try to tolerate it because most times when I listen to something for the first time, if it's not like a fan, like Frank Ocean, I don't dislike nothing he does. Yeah. You know, I don't dislike shit he does. But if I'm listening to a project and I do go, you know, one, two, three, I'm like, uh, I ain't really, I don't know. But I still give them that benefit of the doubt of being an artist. So I do like, I do like when people go in order, um, especially those um albums that are like synced, like one beat going to the next, you know, mm-hmm. you won't even know that unless you exactly. just you know, and engineers work like, hard on that, man. They do, yeah. they do. Oh my god, they do. I sit in the studio and I watch Jamal. I'm like, yep, this looks like a whole bunch of gibberish to me, but man, it's your it's a different kind of OCD, you know? man. It is, you know, but like this is your side of the craft, this this you. So, you know, mm-hmm. I appreciate you, but I'm like, this is like a whole bunch of robot bull crap. <laughs> exactly all right so y'all i i was about to go tell y'all to go listen to this song if you're not that type of person but look i'm not even gonna tell y'all to do that L- literally listen to the project like front yeah. to back don't be fucking weird like yeah. but i will <laughs> say if y'all want to know my goddamn energy for this last week honey statement that man, <laughs> listen all right so the third song on middle of madness by lynn that's out now go stream that hoe you know um is anthem and i mm-hmm. think that did you perform this at the pre-roll that maybe yes that- it was yeah it was unreleased then but i was mm-hmm. like i gotta it's a new crowd and and i it was i think the pre-roll was a competition if i'm not mistaken because it was oh, the yeah. It was, was the, they had the, judges that time. Yeah, right. the the mm-hmm. spot, the 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 winnings were was the South by spot. So oh, I was like, yeah. yeah, that's how I got it. I was like, yeah, like I'm gonna hit the ass, you know, like fuck it being unreleased. I do what I want to do, and and that's one thing I capitalize on while I'm an independent artist, at least right now, because I don't know in the future if I sign to distribution or like a major label. I'm not sure right now. Yeah. I'm just kind of taking it day by day. But right now I'm independent and I'm taking advantage of being able to make my own decisions. And those are some of the decisions I make to say, well, I'm gonna do this unreleased just because I feel like it. <laughs> and I was I was so proud of that song at the time. I was like, yeah, they finna get Listen. this tonight. They Listen. finna get this dog that song is different like i think i stopped i literally so i saw your family with the qr codes it's like mm-hmm. when i heard that shit i scanned them hoes i literally followed you on every single thing i think i saw you briefly in the bath like nigga blew yeah. my mind like friends the song starts and the bar is fucking wild like i literally need this on a mug i'm not kidding the bar is I ain't had to give a bitch a two-piece in a minute, friend. That's like, on me, I no. swear I haven't, but don't take it. Don't like, take it there. Don't not. 
relax. Don't take it there with me, you know? <laughs> Friend. Okay, so what what's going through your head when you write in this? How? Honestly, that was another mad song. Um, I don't I don't think I can put place my finger on what exactly had me upset. I might have been upset with myself because a lot of times I go through these um little writer's block sometimes i think the longest writer's block i've ever been in was maybe like a month yeah but i go through these little writer's block where i have beats and i have a to-do list of beats and i just can't do anything to none of them and they'll all be different vibes but i can't find a vibe mm-hmm. and i'm just like i'm sick because a lot of times um i write my raps in the car i just go out and sit in the car and i'll just rap in the car mm-hmm. and i was sitting in the car and i'm like bitch get your shit together if this what you want to do for the rest of your life, you have to be a, a, a bowl of words every damn day. Yeah. You know, so I was like, bitch, get your shit together, get in your ghetto bag, and do what you know how to do. Yeah. And that's and that's why also um on that song, when I go into like the different flow, my flow switch, and I just go hard, those roots of, you know, it's just so aggressive, but original because I can't lie to you. I'm, I, I, I cannot think present time of uh, a female rapper who can really get into that, that, that pocket that I get into. Yeah, it's different. It's special. And it's like something that like it resonates more than even like a super lyrical artist, maybe like a Rhapsody, like mm-hmm. it, like because I feel like for some people, you know, Rhapsody can be maybe a little too intellectual, you know, yeah. like, and it doesn't, so it, it's like, you have this lyrical thing, but, and then you have this, like, the, like, sex appeal of a Black woman doing mm-hmm. it, which a lot of people who are in that bag only, they only in that only. bag. Yeah, that's literally, the they they're only, only in that bag. Exactly. That's, the, that's, that's the difference between me and other women and these niggas ain't even rapping like you like listen so you know i don't like that i don't like to you know i don't like to no shade no shade no tea no no drink listen. but let's really get into it let's talk about a pen bitch let's see who really rapping you exactly. know because the thing is these niggas like will really just hop in the studio because they homeboys there you know drop whatever mm-hmm. and then get on the mic have no pitch have yep. no stage perform like delivery they don't can't. care about the tone don't care and that's why I shout out it. to it's pressure so- shout out to pressure again because that's why pressure is the only feature on my project because as i was i've, I've met some other um more talented individuals after the project was said and done and they'll probably be on my next one but pressure was the only dude who i had um i ain't gonna say the only dude but i'm gonna say this i got in the booth for pressure and pressure didn't play no games yeah you know and to say like i said he did he freestyled you know right hand up the guy he freestyled that first I sat and I watched him. Because he really just rolled that hoe. It just sounded so natural. So natural. Like, he, he, pressure can stand up with me any day. And I really appreciate him for being such the down-on-earth individual he is. He actually mixed two songs on there. He mixed up. He He's a talented individual as well. <laughs> pressure is in his engineer bag and he in his videographer bag. So he, he, shot my, he shot my bag out video and he mixed and mastered um, statements and switch it up. Cause I recorded switch it up. Switch it up is a freestyle actually too. He put, oh. I, wanna, 
I want to credit him for that too because I was in the studio and I had got sent these beats. And oh no no no, you know what? I'm I'm gonna say before you get there. I'm gonna say before you get there. Go ahead. I, that's it though. That's it. Okay. Okay. Man. <laughs> I'm gonna say. Oh, Speaking of switching up, right? And this song, like, it baffles me now to hear that this is the motherfucking freestyle. Cause nigga, what the hell? That's wild. Because when I hear this song, um, it's like Aries shit and I'm, I'm gonna keep saying that but like I hear this shit and it's like I, I've said these words like and the bar <laughs> that sticks out is the I taught these niggas how to fuck like where my credit at or what some shit like on me like don't be playing right. don't you know niggas get mad and you know it's been me and my husband only been married for a, it'll be a year now in June oh. but Prior to, but okay, we'll we'll get into love. I'm gonna get into you know love know. a little bit. Oh, we don't get but, there. We can get into. But for the most, but but just for this, um, when I was, you know, being on my single and doing what I want to type deal, mm-hmm. it was a, like these niggas are petty. Mm-hmm. they're petty and I'm like hell. you know I like, don't get on this internet plan like I ain't have to coach you you know <laughs> like yeah. don't do that that's where that came from I was just like uh-uh, y'all be pissing me off but I ain't gotta worry about that no <laughs> exactly I said so so how did the freestyle like how did that happen so I had it's a group of collectives that I work with or that I I I'm gonna continue. I'm gonna continue to work with them. But for this project, you know, I just I just showcased all of the Detroit sounds that I had been sent. And, and the listen, group of collectives. And can I say really quick? Mm-hmm. It is something so sexy to like. It is very sonically sexy to hear a southern woman's voice <laughs> on that Detroit like yeah. dog that. I don't know how to explain it. It's like you close your eyes, like even like anthem, like how mm-hmm. that shit rides out, like. And that's I, why anthem was so special to me because when I get in that bag, I'm like, "Bitch, nigga, gorilla." I'm like, "Yeah, like this, this really that you know, like that southern, like you can hear it." Mm-hmm. And I don't. It's something about Detroit beats because let me tell you this: I had a problem. Find it because before I kind of got on the Detroit sound, before I got hip to what that actually was, mm-hmm. I was on kind of like a Memphis type term because oh, those were the only yeah. beats where I can I can rap to the snare and it's like an upbeat because I like beats that are really fast, really just pounding. I love 808s. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what a privilege it is to love those because I'm sure there's several artists that would love to love yes. them. You don't know what to do with them. I'm like, I'm like, that's all I need. And I just, I had a problem. I'm like, dang, I can't find them that's going to put me in that, that mold. And the Detroit shit did it. I was like, okay. Yeah, this, this put me in that mold. But yeah. Dope. I, I love that. Okay, so switch it up. You in the studio. You hear the beat. And- oh, yeah. yeah. So my guy. Okay, so Crack House Cartel. Yeah. That's it to the motherfucking world. Them my guys. Those are the guys that you know, put help me put this masterpiece together. So I had just met them. Carlo uh, put me onto them. Uh, I had just met them, and I was like, okay, do you know Spencer and uh, Chino? Those those are the two guys that did most of the 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 other Detroit beats, other than the Who the Hell is 
Carlo beat. Uh-huh. They sent me this this first round of beats. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I'm gonna see how I get into them. Um, but I had them, but because you know it's a the beat switches. Those were two different beats that I had got. I got them in the studio pressure. I'm like, damn, bro. I don't know what the fuck to say. I was kind of like, because when I get in the studio with pressure, I be kind of want to do what he do. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to write. I want to freestyle. Oh, me. Yeah. So he kind of be pushing me out my comfort zone, and that's a good thing. So yeah. he, um, so I'm like, dang, I don't know what I want to do. So I'm like, mm, boom, spit a little, spit a little. And then I was like, I can't keep going. Sometimes I'll get halfway through a beat, and I just can't keep going. I'm like, fuck it. Bring in the next one. Switch that up. And he, and he did it. And I just, it just gave me a whole nother, the other beat came in, I went a whole other direction. And I was like, well, that's the song. And you know what's really crazy about Switch It Up? I didn't count that as a real song. I counted it as practice. Um, Because it was, it was only supposed to be, it was practice. When I got done recording it, um, me and all my people, we love to listen to my stuff on our, on our own time, unreleased or not. So I'm like, well, you know, I did the demo for the guys. I'm going to send it back to, you know, Spencer and Chino and I'm going to let, see, let them show them what I did. You know, it was just to be like, to show them like, hey, I really rap. You know, y'all can can send me the shit y'all got locked up for the real rappers. Like, I'm finna send you this as a demo. Let, I'm gonna let you hear what I got to say other than who the hell is leaning. And I'm like, you know, and we're gonna start exchanging. Yeah. So that's what it was. I sent it back. They loved it. But it was still just, I honestly did not plan to put it on here. I was like, it's practice. And my husband was like, you're a fucking lie. That's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> that was practice to me. I, I Don't get me wrong. I liked it. I liked what I was saying. But I just felt like it was just a more, so I just was two in my car. <laughs> it okay. wasn't. It, it wasn't a project at first, but and it's a it's a fan favorite right now. A lot of a lot a lot of people like switch it up and statement right now. Cause ladies and gentlemen, first of all, big area shit, but also. Did y'all just hear what the woman said? She said that shit is slight work. And she said y'all niggas really ain't touching her. So anybody can see her in any motherfucking setting. Are you kidding? She said she was done with the beat and to bring in another. To I couldn't a- finish it. I couldn't finish it. I'm like, just, okay, precious, bring in the other one. Let's just, let's just put them together. Dog, those are the stories of music making. Those are the stories of creation that I fucking love. Like anybody that knows me, like <laughs> I'm just sensitive. Like I cry all the time. Yes. The that really <laughs> triggers my tears are like stories about music, stories about the music industry, stories about like black people creating fucking timeless art. Right. That shit. It, it sends me to a different <clears throat> world. So to hear that entire story and then to find out that she said it's slight, it's practice. I was going to listen to this. This was a throwaway. I was just it was. <laughs> like, dog, mind blown. All right. So the next track, though, on Middle of Madness by Lynn, out now on all the platforms and shit, um, is Playgirl. So this is like mm-hmm. the point in the album where, you know, like the tempo switches. And it does. What I will say is the production on Playgirl is, it's like so fucking groovy. It's like, I don't know how to explain it other than just like <laughs> groovy. Like you just like want to hear that shit. And then like the little subtle street, like yeah. how, how did we get here? <laughs> so in, in this song, right? You say like, nigga don't like my attitude. I told him bite me. <laughs> Heard me talk. Now the nigga want to wife me. This 
like this is how I perceive myself in life Mm -hmm. like literally so my current little little person right who Mm -hmm. I really fuck with so much I think this is the dopest nigga ever right um but literally I this is how I preface my my conversations like uh, I'm just you know like Aries are just like sour patch kids but (laughs) we are love us like literally like I didn't mean to like that's just what it was like this attitude is not going anywhere right nigga you not gonna want this to go anywhere so yeah, <laughs> deal with it so tell me about this song and tell me why did you place it here as like intentionally in the album it was intentional the placement was the play the the track the whole track list was very intentional I sat down and um just really placed on myself oh. but playgirl that's that that is the oldest song on there um because originally I wrote playgirl like like I said two years ago and I was getting ready to release um, another project. I didn't have any direction for it, but I had already released my first EP. And I was like, okay, something needs to come next. So let's do, let's, let's write what's next. And that, along with maybe four other songs that I did that are in the vault that will never come out unless they're leaked. <laughs> but those, those won't, those won't really see a lot of day from me because I, um, I didn't feel as strong in those songs. So I still have them, but, um, Playgirl was amongst those songs and it was really something about the beat. Um, Chris and my husband, they was like, yeah, that one can't go nowhere, you know? And I kind of felt the same. I kind of felt the same because a lot of my, my little bars in there, it was kind of witty to me. And I was like, yeah, I like this. I, it was, it was kind of a quick write too. I wrote it in like 30 minutes. It was just a little, it was a little groove. I'm like, hey, yo, what's the word? Her these bitches don't like me. I was like, yeah, I kind of like this pocket. It was different. Um, it was different from just like the hardcore, just rapping. And it was kind of the first time I gave myself room to do something a little different. Yeah. So I think that's why this song was really near and dear to my heart, something that I had to let people hear. And I felt like it was a great transition to, you know, to put as the as the vibe switch on there. So I was like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, listen, the placement is phenomenal. Which <laughs> brings me to this next motherfucking song, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so track number six, right? On mm-hmm. Middle of Madness, again by Lynn, right? Out on all the fucking platforms. Wait for me. Like, yep. I, I'm a very dramatic person. So <laughs> I naturally move with my hands and you yeah, know, me too. all the things. <laughs> Nigga. So I'm listening to the album on the 11th and I am, it's on the big speakers. So I think I'm like upstairs, like in my room and the speakers are downstairs. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I hear the sample of the motherfucking song, right? Mm-hmm. And first of all, how, like, who thinks in 2022 to sample arguably the best Summer Walker song that exists? Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so I'm I'm hearing it. I hear the song come on. I'm like, okay, bet. She's about to like give us, you know, it's about to be like a rap um, ballad. Which but like a little one too. Yeah. Rap ballad is like one of my favorite genres, probably of music. I love what a rapper like does that little rapping. Yeah. <laughs> but nigga. <laughs> Dog, Lynn is a vocalist, and this is an R&B song on this motherfucking album, and I hit her immediately. Dog, when I tell you, I literally hit you, like, I did not wait till the song stopped playing. When I DM'd you about this, I, like, that was my actual emotions in real 
time because how the fuck is this rapper (laughs) this woman who is a rapper and she's a rapper rapper like dog she's a rapper rapper. and then you sing this beautiful r&b song that is completely unexpected my mind is like how just tell i don't even have a bar from that song but how how did this song come about so okay you don't have one i'm gonna give you my favorite oh yay so my favorite line from that song is you got goals you got ambitions i got terms i got conditions that kind of mm, uh, how do I explain it? That is the whole gist of the song. You know, just, yeah. I was, um, I was with this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's such a sweet guy. Um, I really, really hope he's doing good. He's such a, he's such a down to earth person, mm-hmm. but we were long distance. Mm-hmm. Um, he was still in Alabama. I was in Texas. This was my freshman year of college. I had just got to college. And we started off as friends and it kind of like went more. You know, I just loved his friendship. I loved his energy. And it ended up being more. And this kind of protective type love developed out of me, mm-hmm. you know, to say, how can you even feel protected by someone who's hundreds of miles away? Yeah. I didn't know how, but I did. And it went on, it went on, and um, I was able to go home once to see him, and we, because mind you, we met online, we had a whole bunch of mutuals from Alabama that I knew that he knew, but we hadn't even met in person yet, so this was a, a social media and FaceTime type connection, so I was like, yeah, I can't wait to go home and see him. Went home, we hit it off, and it was perfect, came back, and we started to and things just started to change. The way I felt started to change mostly. And I felt like I knew I wanted to break it off like way before I even told him, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I, I can't lie, I was being kind of selfish yeah. because I was like, I want that in person, but mm, I just, I couldn't break it off at the time. I was like, I don't want to let this go, but I'm not doing it justice on my end as far as the energy that I'm putting into it. Um, and I, and it was kind of like, I was picking and choosing when I wanted to, and I'm like, I know I can't do that. I, I, you know, I have to let this go. And this was kind of my, like my end result feelings with it. Um, you know, to say like, it's nothing wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with me, but it's just the situation, you know, and you just get to that point where you're just like, dang, if only the timing was right, if only the location was right, if only this, if only that. And that's what that's what that situation really brought out of me. Um, I just couldn't not write about it. It was such a staple emotional moment in my adulthood, you know, in my yeah. in my coming to adulthood. I was like, this is one of the love moments that I'm going to explain to my kids, you know, mm-hmm. to say this is what could happen. And you yeah. have to do people right, you know, regardless of how you want things to go, you or how you feel, you have to do people right emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I had to let him go because that was the right thing to do emotionally at that time. Yeah. So Wait for me is just like shit. Just wait for me. Like, you know, like I'm I'm tied up, you tied up, you know, but this this what I gotta do. You know, you might not feel that way, you know. You yeah. might feel like you can go five months without seeing me, but I can't do that. 
you know, so go out there and enjoy your life. But just know, you know, like, don't you ever let a bitch take you away from me. Like, when I come back, and, it, yeah. and I feel like this kind of me being like a nigga, because niggas do this all the time. Yeah. They'll let you go, and then they'll come back two years later. Like, hey, baby. Like, nigga, okay. I don't know you no more. I'm a whole new bitch. <laughs> I don't know okay. you. So, yeah, it was kind of me getting in my selfish bag. Like, yeah, yeah. just wait for me. You know, I got a little, I got a little shit to do. But just know I still feel the same about you. And we're going to be all right. But just give me some time. Yeah. But, yeah. I love that. That's very also a very mature decision to have made. Your freshman year of college, girl. Yeah. I stand. I really stand that like level of self awareness, man. I hope that guy's doing good. Dang, I hope he good. <laughs> so the next song, right on Middle of Madness, is Past Death, which I cannot wait to find or to let the recording that I have of this <laughs> mama singing this song to her husband during South by See the Light of Day because, dog, I, like, nigga, I'm emotional, but I will say I have not cried at a hip-hop show during South yeah. by. I fucking shed tears. Nigga, what was that? So the moment was, right? So, so Lynn is performing her set and it's just so cute. She's just up there all confident and just spitting bars <laughs> and stuff. And then she's like, I need my husband, goddamn front and center. Like, I need him to come to the stage. And husband comes to the stage and she like sings this song to him and it is just like this moment that any hopeless romantic person like myself like dog it's like it's like such a blessing to have witnessed because like like you're young like what is y'all's love story first of all and how what was his reaction hearing that song for the first time so um, our love story goes like I had just came back home from being kicked out of school from COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more to it was like the summertime, <clears throat> so I had been a couple months. You know, I'm just chilling. Um, and this friend I had hit me up. I haven't seen her in a while because I didn't shift off to Houston for four months. <laughs> so haven't seen her in a while, but she called me. She like, girl. Like, we're going to get the game back together. You know, like, come to my house, um, having this kickback, you know, the dude I mess with, the dude I talk to, you know, he going to have a couple of his friends, you know, a couple of his friends, a couple of my friends. We're going to be friends. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that day, I got ready to go over there, but I pre-gamed with my mom. She had this guy friend she was talking to, and um, he had something going on that day, too. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to get cute for everything. Yeah. <laughs> So I got cute, went over there, had a couple of drinks with them, played some cards with them. And I was like, okay, yep, I'm going to get in the car and go, and go to my friend. I was like, no, you're not. She was like, you can eat this bread and sober up before you go anywhere. <laughs> so I almost didn't make it. <laughs> but I sat down, I jumped. I'm like, I really want to see my friend. She's like, well, just sit here for 20 minutes. Give me 20 minutes so I can feel comfortable with you driving and just drink this water and eat this bread and sober up. Yeah. So that's what I did. And she's like, all right, call me when you get there. <laughs> exactly. so boom I drive 15 minutes down the road get to my friend's house um I don't think he was there at first I think it was just my friends and the the guy that my friend was talking to but I'm comfortable you know I've been I've been knowing these girls for four and five years you know like this 
ain't nothing new to me. We just ain't seen each other in a while. So we got the drinks going, we got the music going, everybody having a good time. And it was still like an intimate crowd. Like I want to say it was about 10 of us at the end of the night after everything was said and done. The amount of people that came was like 10 of us. It wasn't that many people. It was still enough people to just say, I see your face, you see my face. Yeah. So we're chilling. And in walks these three guys. It's my husband and two of their other friends in their friend group. And automatically, all the girls picking and choosing. Of course. While they over there talking, I've not already walked up to my husband like, what you doing? Oh, me? Yeah. Y'all over there plotting. Bitch, I, got, I had my plan calculated the first time I laid eyes on this man. <sighs> so it was just, I want to say it was love at first sight because yeah. right then I knew it was love at first sight for me because I couldn't take my eyes off this man. It was just something about his face, the way his face was structured. Yeah. I was like, who is this man? I've never seen you before. And then, okay, so he was in the military. Okay. He served in the military four years. And when we got together, he was on his last year. Mm-hmm. So he was in the military at the time. And I'm like, you know, and Colleen, the, the military guys get around. So I'm like, I didn't have my fair share of military dudes, but I ain't never seen you before. Okay, you must be new. Let me snatch you for all the other girls get you. <laughs> exactly. So I went up to him, and this these videos will probably come out and blow up when I didn't blow up and people just want to see, but we we hit it off right away. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can't even remember the conversations we had that night, but I do remember us dancing. I got videos in my phone of us dancing together the very first night we met. So he got my number and it was so funny because okay we're leaving my friend's house and i'm getting in my car and you know what's the kicker about this this i was i was leaving my friend's house on the way to an appointment with someone else yeah that i was talking to at the time and so i met him but i'm but you know i went tied down i went in a relationship you know this yeah, i'm cool exactly. you know right. so i got his number and yeah. we all walk outside they were on their way to another party but i was on my way somewhere else and he was like uh where you going you going with us and i was like no i'm like you know he was a little i think he he don't drink like that but i think he was a little tipsy he was a little something you yeah. know because he was a little more like wiggly. He was loose. He was like, where you going? Where you going? Like, what you doing? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm like, I'm going home. I ain't, I ain't going with y'all. I'm chilling. Exactly. He, was like, he was like, he got out his homeboy car like, oh, I'm going to go with you. Like, right off the bat. He's like, I'm going to go with you. I'm like, no. I'm like, y'all come get y'all friend. He's trying to come home with me. And I ain't going home. He going to be mad. I'm like, not going home. He going to be, he going to be mad. So... <laughs> I'm like, uh-uh, you ain't coming with me. So I just kept his number. The next day he texted me and we were supposed to link. And I had I was gonna have him pick me up from Chris' house because I needed Chris to see his face. I needed somebody else other than my friends to see him to know who I was going with. So that yeah. so you know, like a safety precaution. Yeah. So I'm like, Chris, I met this dude last night at what you call house, and he gonna come get me and I'm gonna hang out with him. I really like him. I just need you to see his face. I need you to know what kind of car he's driving, get his tag, social security, all that. You know how we do. Exactly. So, so boom, that was supposed to happen, but it didn't. I kind of like waited because I don't know. It's just some with me and me. And I don't like to seem too available. So it's like, we was supposed to meet up at two. I ain't text until four o'clock. Aries. I'm like, okay, I'm ready now. He was like, well, I'm sorry, but you know, you 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 didn't say anything, so I thought you didn't want to hang out. But I came to my friend's house, so he was like, "I'm here now, but we can link a little later." 
So we ended up not linking that day, but we linked the next day. So like the third day we knew each other, we linked up and we've literally been together every day since. Uh, um, and it was so many, we, you know, we had a, we had our rough patch early. Um, it yeah. was something really, really inconvenient that came up before he got the chance to ask me to be his girlfriend. So I want to say we were together every day for about two months and then um, something really inconvenient came up and that kind of halted us having a relationship at first but yeah. um and it really made me really really sad like I wrote a whole song about that but I've never even recorded that yeah. um but yeah I wrote a whole song about it and I booed to my friends I'm like damn as soon as I find, think I found somebody just the universe just not on my side I was mad at the universe but yeah. After it was all said and done, we um I just stayed his friend because um you know he just had went on this binge of talking to me and telling me all of the things that he needed from a person, not yeah. necessarily from a lover, but just a person, mm-hmm. you know, just things that he needed from someone, you know, who was yeah. re- who really cared about him, and I was just like, I want to be that for you to say I'm gonna put my my thing, what I need to decide, what you know, the love and the characteristics that I need, and I'm gonna be there for you during this trying time because I love you as a person, you know, not for what you can do for me, but I, I'm really rooting for you, you know, even if you don't end up with me, I'll just be glad that I helped you on your journey of becoming the person who you're supposed to be. So we just stayed friends, even though it was very hard for me to just be friends with him, but I had to keep that boundary as friends so no illegal lines would be crossed. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, them emotions get real tricky and I was like, nah, let's just keep this black and white until we get stuff figured out. And I just, I was his friend and I even went a little bit, like a week, I want to say, that whole week I was avoiding him. I'm like, nah, I don't want to hang out. Like, I need you on a love level, but you can't be there on a love level. And I got to look out for me, too, so I need a break. He was just like, nah, I can't do that. And I was like, nah, I can't do that either. Who am I fooling? Yeah. (laughs) So hard, but it all worked out. And we got married last year in June. Um, And we just been kicking it ever since. I feel like he's just who I'm supposed to be with, you know, even – even to say god forbid but if i divorce this man tomorrow if he divorced me tomorrow that man's still my life partner you know whoever i get with next don't be mad because i'm gonna be you know they gonna call it hung up on my ex but i'm gonna call it this my life partner you know so it's it's no going back it's no turning around i have no regrets um it was a lot of people that told me like bitch you only 20 years old yeah and i said bitch like too short i love this man Oh, man. You know, we was a team, you know, yeah. when we started, we started just doing stuff together, like we was together every day, we started spending the night together, and after that, we just started living together, and it was just, when he came into my home, and to say that he cared, not only cared about me, but he cared about my mom, he cared about my sister, Um, it was just something that I had never really experienced before. Yeah. And it was just his energy, even like he's so quiet when he's out in public because he's not like a, he's not a very, very talkative person, like around other people he doesn't know, but you can still feel his genuine energy. He is a very, very like sweet, sweet person. He'll give you the shirt off his back, like to anybody. He's so sweet. And to just have that, it just is unexplainable. But the song came about, he was in the military and he went to the field. Now, 
Um, for anybody who doesn't know what that means, um, going to the field is kind of like being forced to go camping. Um, you still have your phone, but you just you going camping out in some, you know, out wherever they put you away from the city area and they do military like things. Yeah. And they're not able to come home at night, you know, during that week or two, however long they're out there. And I think he was out there for like two weeks, couldn't get around it, couldn't get out of it. Cause he's so he's such a finesse. Like this man will get out of a double tie knot with his hands crossed. Like this man, if he don't like if he's not gonna he's not gonna be forced to do anything he doesn't want to do. And yeah. he just he can get out of anything. So <laughs> but this time, <laughs> this time he wasn't able to get out of it and he had to go. So at this point, we had been like three months. I'm sleeping by this man every night, and then like to be without him, it felt like I was going through withdrawals. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, dang, I'm going through my day to day. And it's like, we're talking, but we're not talking as much because he's out there doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just like, dang, I'm really hurting. I was just hurting. And I'm like, well, bitch, stop being dramatic. But it's like, no, bitch, I'm not being dramatic. I'm hurting. And I was just riding the car one day and I was like, dang, I'm feeling this type of way. Let me put this beat on. And I put it on and it just went from there. And I just wrote it. And when I had got the hook in the in the um in the verse down, I sent him a screenshot of the lyrics and he was like, damn, I don't even know what to say. Like, and then like cool when I went in there and recorded it, he was like, Yeah, this the one. Like he knew all, all the words to that song before that was a final master. So it was just it's it's been very surreal to experience something like this. Yeah. Um and to be able to put it in words, because at first I was like, oh, I can't describe it. You know, you'll ask about how are we and what are we? I'm like, I don't, we just here, we just living, you know, like we care about each other and that's just how we're going to live the rest of our life. Yeah. So once we started, but yeah, once we started doing shit together, like paying bills together, grocery shopping together, all that type of stuff, it was just like, okay, this everyday shit. And, but let me tell you, I knew this man was different when um, I was working on music stuff and I was like, dang, I'm stressing. I need some money to shoot a video. I was working, but I was like, the end's just not meeting for my music. And um, he, we were in the car one day. It was in the line, a McDonald's line, just chilling. And he got paid. He looked at his account. He was like, oh, I got paid. This man sent me $300. He was, I said, what the hell is this for? I didn't ask you for no bill money. I didn't ask you for nothing. Yeah. I'm sitting in the car with him. I'm like, what the fuck is this for? He like, that's to go towards the video. You, uh, the other day you said you wanted to shoot a video. That's to go towards the video. That's what we're working towards, right? Like just, you know, to say, he just see, he sees the talent in me. He sees the passion in it. And he shares that passion with me. Yeah, and he's been supporting me from day one financially mentally he sits with me through my breakdowns he listens to me with my frustrations you know with being a woman in such a men-driven industry you know he sits through it all and with no complaints you know but that moment right there to say before you even handle you you made sure I was good you know on some shit that people wouldn't classify as necessary yeah. That was that was the turning point for me. I was like, okay, even if you know, this ain't even got nothing to do with love. Mm-hmm. You know, I just felt like he just really cared about what I cared about because he knows it's my passion. And I was like, yeah. okay, this this a turning point, and I'm never gonna forget this. 
So yeah, through this whole process, he's been just phenomenal in supporting me and through all these up and down emotions. And because before he met me, he wasn't his music spectrum wasn't that wide. Yeah. But now, you know, I'm a music connoisseur and to see him now, we share his developed passion for music. You know, he'll be doing, now he watch interviews as a hobby. He loved watching interviews. Like he, oh. he loves, he loves the Breakfast Club now. Like just little stuff like that. He'll just, I just love when, cause at first he was the only one teaching me things. Yeah. And now like with the music, I'm able to teach him something. So yeah. just that, that back and forth connection of like, oh, babe, what's this? What's this? What's this? And I'm like, well, a 12 count is this. Or this is what an engineer do and this is what a producer do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and now he just, he feel like he owned it now. He yeah. know everything now. He, he runs the show. I'm not, he, he runs the show. <laughs> that is so dope. Like, and that just goes back to like family and being grounded and all. So how do you think like your relationship with your husband um, mm-hmm. and also your relationship with your family, like, how does that help you navigate the industry? Um, honestly, I want to say if I didn't have them, I wouldn't even be here. Mm. My, my rap career wouldn't have even came this far to say, I'm only two years in. I'm only two projects and a couple singles in. But I wouldn't have even made it this far if they didn't help me get this far with my confidence. Um, my mom, she speaks a lot of things into existence. Um, she's very, I used to, I used to think my mom was a hippie when I was younger. Yeah. Cause my mom was the type, like my mom been making vision boards before it was cool. Mm-hmm. My mama been speaking things and manifesting things before it was cool on social media to do it. And I was like, mom, why are you doing it? Like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand. I didn't understand, but now I do. You know, my mama had, no matter what I tackled, she always had a list of goals for me or a list of awards that I could receive to say, oh, you playing sports right now? Oh, here go, here go all the Olympic medals you could receive. Here go all the pristine awards you could receive. And I, and I wrote them down so you could see them visually so you could have something to go towards. You know, even now I got a, I got a list of, and I, it's just handwritten notes from her. Like, oh, billboard, number one, top entry, this, that, this, that, this what you're working towards so she that does that so and dope. she's been doing it from day one so if right. I didn't have that I wouldn't be as far as I was um if I didn't have Chris getting on my fucking nerves because sometimes I love I Chris <laughs> man shout out sometimes Chris get on my fucking nerves you know but it's like he when I lose my hunger it's like he come kick me in my ass like all right what we doing mm. when you gonna get in the studio uh I got this nigga on the phone he got some beats for you uh, some you know he sometimes he'll send me a little shit that the critics and the blogs talk about with other artists you know just to keep me on game with what's going on because he know if I see some shit that make me mad I'm gonna come out with a hit so he know what to do he know what buttons to press to get yeah. certain reactions out of me musically so him and then yeah Jack just being there through it all you know him like music or not you just you know you're gonna be successful we're gonna be successful you know um my dad my dad is very supportive as well even my damn granddaddy you know my granddaddy's 60s 
out going into his 70s and he would have been at the um he would have been at South by if it wasn't so late you know and yeah. if it wasn't so you know far as it was because he lives in Kaleem too but they popped out to a couple shows you know you know and dealt with the loudspeakers and the cussing and the this and the that you know so I wouldn't even be as far as I was because sometimes I sit to myself like I'm in Houston and by myself in my dorm and I sit to myself and I'm like what the fuck what is we doing what am I doing can I keep going with this? Can I keep writing these songs? Can I still go toe-to-toe with the girls who have big budgets and managers? You know, yeah. it's very, very frustrating. And, you know, I have my breakdowns and my moments, but they're there to help me build myself back up. So if I didn't have them, it just, it wouldn't even be as big as it is now. Yeah, that's so dope. And as big as it's getting. Getting, like, progressively, yeah. literally. All right, so... Before we wrap up, I do want to finish these last two songs of this album. So, Letter to My City, um, which is, I don't know, it's like a a statement record to me, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's literally like a letter to... That, can you hear me? Oh, I thought I was. Yeah. Okay, but um, it's literally like a letter, you know, like to Birmingham. So, um, the bar that stuck out to me was they trying to wipe us off the map, but we doing their job. Like mm-hmm. that fucking reality burns me a lot. Often. Yeah. So talk about that. Talk about the bar. Talk about the song. Talk about your city and growing up in that place. So growing up, um, I didn't see a lot of that, even though it's always been prevalent. But um I didn't really get out much to say I was in those dark, I was, to say I was there doing those dark nights when the shootout did happen or, you know, because Arma was a mom and she tried to keep us from that as best as she could. Yeah. But there were some things that we did see and hear about. So I'm just, I've never not known for that to be what's going on. But as I got older, I was not, oh, okay. As I got older, um, it definitely became more in my face because I was in middle school and it was some of the guys I knew were getting locked up for drugs or even now there are guys that I went to high school with down there my freshman year and they're in jail or they're dead, you know, God rest their souls, but it's so horrible. Yeah. It is horrible, you know, and that's that's why I stayed on Facebook for so long. I didn't. I, I'm just not. My, I think I just created an artist Facebook two years ago. Not even. I want to say maybe like maybe even more recent than that. You know, just because of the pro. You know, me having a promo and just get my word out there. Yeah. But I don't know no Facebook because the Facebook just filled with the city. Like a lot of the city still on there. That's their main platform, and it's just a lot of drama and a lot of hate. And I was just like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't start, I didn't, I didn't get up that day with the intention to write that song, but I just heard it and I was like, okay, this, I, I guess it's just how I'm feeling and it just came out. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just really sad to see that, that, that is our reality, you know, to say we already have a whole other race of people doing wanting to do that to us exactly. but we're doing our job you know we're making it easier for them like how can we say we hate them when we're helping them do those harmful things to us we're making a job easier you know so yeah and i just felt like that was going me tapping into those feelings of how i felt with that um i felt like 
me putting that on the forefront mm-hmm. was also going to separate me as an artist to say this is what I'm thinking about I'm not just thinking about the bars or the the flashy raps like this is really where I come from this yeah. really my life like I really see this every day you know this is really news to you know to hear every day and it's horrible you know this is my reality of what I hear and what I've seen and what I've heard from where I'm from and I was like you know coming from and then Birmingham is such a historical city as well you know yeah, so yeah. I'm like just coming from there I'm like I have to do something that's more political driven you know so it was just, it just came out how it did. And I feel like it was really subtle, but it still sent a message as to, you know, how I felt. And yeah, a lot of times, a lot of the younger rappers aren't talking about those things, you know? So I was like, I, I want to say something, you know, like if ain't nobody going to say something, I'm going to say something. And it's going to be a staple for me because I feel like I need to put it out there that even though I'm an artist, I'm still a real person and I'm still taking in these real things that are happening because they matter. Yeah. So that's kind of why I made sure I put that on there to say like, you know, I'm claiming I'm from here. I righteous love my city, but you know, it's some ugly shit that come with it. And this is what come with it. Yeah. Damn. I love that. So the last song, right, of Middle Madness by Lynn that is on streaming platforms right now. So go stream the hell out of it, goddamn, (laughs) is 06 Freestyle. So what where does this title come from? Um tell I I will say before you give your answer to that, Mm -hmm. um, I fucking I just love rap albums that end with freestyles that's like a different way of like flexing your nuts or something like it's just like to go out that way like after having been through this journey of like these hard ass songs like these literal like life anthems to like this super like soft and sweet and loving side and then back to this freestyle first of all so how did you decide to put this on the album where did the title 06 freestyle come from and yeah all of that the title came from the first bar bitches 06 and the trap steady bunking yeah. i didn't have no name when i was in the um when i was in the studio chino came through and um he was like he just pulled it up and i was like cool airdrop it to my engineer he airdropped it to jamal we all we all sitting there i'm like well i like this beat. Yeah. <clears throat> and at first I kind of I kind of tweaked the beat myself. Um, Jamal was just playing around. He had the plugins and stuff, all the files and stuff. So he was just playing around with them. So in the beginning, when you just hear the bells, because the, the beat was kind of just like the same throughout. But I'm like, eh, cut it off. Let the bells go first. Or, you know, I love 808s. So I'm like, boom, let the 808s just go. And I'm like, so I'm like, cool. But I don't know. I just wrote it. Because it kind of filled in. Um... It's a song I have that I previewed on my Instagram two years ago. Mm-hmm. I made a trilogy to it and I put it on Instagram. It's not up there now because it's really old, but everybody liked it. However, I liked it too. It was a hook song, like a really nice hook was on it. But, and I have a problem with writing hooks. Mm. I have a problem writing hooks because I'm just so bar for bar for my, to myself. Yeah. So hooks really come... Um, <laughs> Kind of they like don't come as naturally. Exactly. They don't come as naturally most times. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to put that song on there because of that. 
However, it did not go. That was also a two-year-old song and it didn't go with the flow of the project to say Playgirl was inserted and it went seamless. It was fine. But that song, I kind of wrote that song when I was still trying to find my sound. I was still kind of riding somebody else's wave and what I felt like a female rapper should be. Mm -hmm. And then after I found out what I am as a female rapper, I kind of got into my sound and that just didn't fit anymore. So it was kind of like a a feeling um so my project could still be just nine songs because i'm like dang i just i want to give them you know just more than the eight i'm like i got my heart set on nine so he brought that beat in and i'm like cool it's those sinks in the traps that he bunking you know like and i sat and i dibble and i you know kind of um i have a video coming out from that session the last session of middle of madness that's gonna be on my youtube um it shows me sitting next to the producers and just you know writing out a couple of lines of it you know just getting the format together but honestly i just went in there and just did my thing with it i was like i'm just a little wrap up and just do a little cute one too and that's that's how it came out but cute something (laughs) one of my favorite lines from that one is um if i'm a brick house then he the brick man yeah i just love that song I love that. I love that little line. I want to say that that may be one of my favorites on there, even though it's just like a quick little one too. I just love the way I just put it together. Like I just love what I said on it. So yeah. Listen, a very effective bar. So <laughs> let me ask you this: What is your favorite song on Middle of Madness, and why? Um, my favorite song. Favorite song. Ooh. It's kind of like you're asking me to choose my favorite child. Oh, I mean, <laughs> listen. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, well, I don't pick, though. I'm going to pick. Who's mama's favorite? I'm going to pick. Oh. I would say my... Or your favorite today, this week. Yeah, yeah, this today. Liz's pick <laughs> of the week. My pick of the week would be statement. Yeah, that would be that. I feel like um, when I got on that song, like when I wrote the verse, it was just like coming from a point of I've never really talked about. I don't really have a song to where I'm like, oh, I'm going to have this and I'm going to have that. And when it get better, I'm going to have this. I don't really like writing like that. <laughs> yeah. I ain't going to lie. I feel like that shit lame. But don't get As me wrong. Book don't get me wrong it's a lot of songs that are motivational like um like um what's it's an old song coming to my head um if you are who you say you are oh yeah Yeah. yes that that kind of like songs like that i don't really do too good writing songs like that because i'm not really vocal with what i feel like I want in the future like of course yeah. everybody wants a big house of course everybody wants a, a partner of course everybody wants some money yeah. but when it comes to like me and my future and what I want honestly I'm just so like I'm gonna just try to put myself in the best position to be able to take care of myself and whatever else God give me is what God give me mm. yeah. so I don't really and then that 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 comes to because I learned not to say when you really get in tune with your relationship with God, your ex, you can have expectations, but you cannot map your life plan out to the expectations that you have because that's not your life plan. You know, like God has a whole other life plan that you don't know about. Like, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, my life plan could be finished college. God can have something else for me, you know? Yeah. So 
it's I, I don't get too tied in with the expectations of what I feel like my life should go like. So that's why it's kind of hard for me to say what I'm gonna do when I get this or when I get that. Like you guys right now, what I'm gonna do if I get a million dollars tomorrow? Hell, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Ask me when I get there, goddamn. Ask me tomorrow. Ask me, give it to me, and I'll tell you what I do. Give yes. it to me. But yeah, I was just, I kind of did, you know, I was like, well, this, this, this a little bit, you know, this just the basics. You know, I'm gonna put the city on my back, you know, like I'm gonna rep my city and I'm gonna make sure my people good. That was just, that's just the bare minimum of what I feel like is gonna happen. So yeah, it was a cute little verse. And I yeah, I like Precious Edition to it because I had I wrote it not even for him and us to be on, but I just wrote it like the day before just to have something just yeah. prepared in case something I did record or something and we just went in there and he did his shit and then we just went back and forth on it. Like, yeah, like this, yeah, like this a vibe. So yeah. it was yeah, it, it came out. It came out really, 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 really good. So I'm just proud of my whole take, though, honestly. I'm just proud that I allowed myself to come out of a bag on myself and just surprise myself with the words, because the words that I'm saying. Because a lot of times, like, my husband, like, how the fuck did you write this? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, that annoys me. But, yeah, that's really what it is. And I thank God every day for my gift. I really do. So, yeah. Oh, well, well, thank you. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much. Like, I feel so <laughs> grateful to talk to you because, like, dog, I believe in your music so much. And just knowing that you are just a dope ass human who is a kind of a child, like a mini human, you're a grown ass <laughs> woman, but like, you are 21 years old, like, talking yeah, shit I'm and carrying on in the way that. I would at this big age and that I admire like so much. So before we get off of here, um, a lot of my podcast is about like mental health and healing Mm -hmm. and all the things, right? So Mm -hmm. how is Lynn taking care of her mental health these days? What is taking care of your mental health look like for you? Um, not gonna lie. I'm gonna be a hundred percent transparent. I kind of slack off in that area yeah um of just taking of actually taking the time out to do things that are aren't deemed um mandatory Mm, okay however I think I do I think some of the things that I do that I see as a task is really it really is keeping me sane like I see writing raps as a task oh snap okay I see writing raps as a task, like, cause it's, I'm such a, I'm such a to-do list kind of person. I'm like, do this, do this, do this, do this. And so it's kind of like music is an escape for me, but it's kind of like a job, my job at the same time. So music kind of rides the border. That's beautiful. But, Isn't that how life is supposed to be? Though? It is. Yeah. You know, to say like, if you really, if you have a passion, it's going to be fun because that's your passion. But if it's really something you want to do, it's going to, at some point, it's going to click. It's going to be a click. It's going to click as a job because mm-hmm. you have to do it, you know, especially when you want to make a career out of it. But some of the, like, the little things that I know I do, um, just... For one, I spend a lot of quality time with my husband um, when we can just get away from work or being an older sister, older brother, um, daughter, son, you know, these, you know, we help a lot, a lot of people. So a lot of people depend on us. 
So when we can get away from that, we spend just a lot of time just together joking around. That is what helps my mental health a lot. Yeah. Um, I have him to credit for that. But some of the little dorky things I do, I watch Living Single all yeah. of the time. I can I can recite any line from any character on that show. I put Living Single on while I'm cleaning up when I go to sleep. <laughs> when I'm I love that. on my phone, I'm just I just I watch a lot of TV. Um, I'm stuck on Euphoria right now. I started watching it kind of late, but it's really, really good. Mm, so where are you I, at? Um, I'm in the second season. I think I'm on like episode three or something. So Ooh. I'm almost I'm almost to the end. I, I think I missed I, I haven't watched it in two days, and I think that's because I don't want it to be over. Cause like oh. if you watch it, that's it. You can't go back and rewatch okay, it. Exactly. It, so. I'm kind of trying to savor it a little bit, but I'm going to finish it up one day this week. But I just watch a lot of TV and um, I just, I hang out with my family and stuff and we laugh and we joke. Um, just that. Um, I hang out with my friends a lot. Now, I ain't going to lie. Leanna goes to the club. On me? <laughs> I go to the club and throw a couple shots back. You yeah. know, even though I just turned 21, that ain't never matter. <laughs> exactly. I throw a couple shots back and I'll, you know, just get in my groove because I love music. Like I love yeah. I love hearing music on some big speakers. So just get me to a, a club or a little bar sometimes and I'll shake down and get my piece and go home. But I love that. Just doing a little stuff away from school or you know, just away from the responsibilities, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wanna say, the last thing I'm gonna say is um really recently the last couple of months I want to say well even like before me and my husband tied the knot um he started to get closer with God mm-hmm. and at the time when we met I was a little bit closer, closer than him yeah um to say like I, I initiated the prayer between us because you know I'm not gonna lie that's the one thing that people won't say is weird because Unless you meet your your significant other in a church or something, it's yeah. weird to pray with somebody else. Yeah, who's not your mom or something. Like, uh, it's weird to pray with somebody else. Yes, so, is. but I I knew if I if if I felt like this is true love, I'm like this. It ha- God has to be in it. Yeah. So I started praying with him and stuff, and as he grew to be this like amazing man, because he wasn't always the man that I know to be my husband today. Yeah. Um. When we first got together, he was a little different. You know, um, he had some growing up to do and so did I. But we've grown so much together over the past year and growing spiritually together has been a part of that. So getting by myself and having my little worship moments in the car with my worship music or um, to us reading the Bible tonight, every tonight, um, every night together and, you know, just getting more and more connected with God together and as individuals that alone you know my faith getting stronger my trust getting stronger in him it has really really helped because I used to stress so much Mm -hmm. um I know my aunt God rest her soul she used to tell me all the time like don't be out here stressing you're gonna have a stroke like don't be out here stressing so just keeping those words in my head and just knowing God for who he is to be that helps my mental health a lot. Yeah. So, and eating, even though I'm finna go on this diet, cause summertime coming up and I gotta be summertime fine. Oh, it is coming up. I'm still finna eat yeah. a whole lot of something though. I love food. Oh my God, I love food. But oh. yeah. 
as do I. I feel you. Well, Lynn, thank you very, very much for talking to me. Like, thank I you. really do appreciate it. And something that um, I also didn't get to tell you that I really appreciate mm-hmm. is, like, you asking to wait until after your music was released for me to talk to you because like that shows a different level of of passion for this shit you know like it really really does because like I have people hitting me all the time like asking to talk and like that's awkward like technically I am an introvert you know I don't like like that so it's always like what we gonna talk about like that is what I always be asking give me some of the research, give me something to look into and I'll, then exactly. I'll form the questions, not just, oh, what you ate today? <laughs> exactly, because dog, we can literally text. But I appreciate you so much. Um, Thank you. you. know, sending you so much love because like, you it, for real. You Thank really you so are. Much. Like, I don't know <laughs> if you really know, and I'm sure you are Aries, I know you know, but like, <laughs> dog you are really it and i am so excited to see everything you have to come um but yeah tell the people where we can find you at so you can find lynn and middle of madness on all streaming platforms pandora youtube even deezer if you use that <laughs> i'm everywhere you can also follow me on instagram at linea at lynn i double so dope Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. No, yeah, I appreciate you. I really do appreciate you trusting me with a little bit of your story. And then, yeah, I will see you. I will talk to you soon, ma'am. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Bye. All right, y'all. So typically, this is the part in the episode where we get into OG Sis, where I, OG Adriana, say something about something you know, that's been on my mind. However, y'all, I feel like not only has this episode gone way longer than I intended to, um, but I feel like Lynn and I said a whole lot and I am just so thankful for the conversation that her and I got to have. Speaking to her, it does not feel like I was speaking to a 21 year old. It did not feel like uh, the conversation was forced like I I'm just so like I just love genuine ass connections um so shout out to Lynn shout out to Lynn fucking stopping me um when she saw me <laughs> randomly at a light at South by um shout out to just shout out to her for being a genuine ass person with that makes some real ass motherfucking music and has bars that is harder than all of these niggas your favorite rapper could never goddamn <laughs> on me but y'all that being said yeah i'm not gonna have an og says segment we we said a lot we ain't gonna do no energetic climate i ain't gonna close y'all out properly well i guess this is a proper close off but yeah this is all i got to say i ain't got to say nothing else honey thank you so much for listening um if you are listening if you're not listening you never heard me say this so hopefully at some point you do hear me say this and be like damn i wasn't listening then damn i should have probably been but you feel me you know what i'm saying um definitely follow me at og adriana on instagram you can also follow Follow this podcast Instagram for updates and aesthetic things at Organic with OG. Um, also, f- subscribe to my YouTube channel, um, OG Adriana. It may, yeah, I think it's OG Adriana for sure. Um, also, um, goddamn, I, I don't fucking know. Follow me on all the things. Share this podcast. Um, help me quit my motherfucking job because fuck corporate America. Fuck these bitch niggas who trying to make me go back into the office. But I digress. Thank y'all so much. Um, yeah, until next week, y'all. Bye. Thank you.